0: It's nice out today. I see the sun peeking through the windows and I imagine how nice it would be to plant some flowers in my yard for a change. It would be nice to do a lot of things, but that's not in the cards today. It's Tuesday. And so I sit in this dingy room with the awful fluorescent lighting until someone acknowledges me. And it takes a while. Sitting in the lobby of a police station is not how most people would elect to spend their Tuesday afternoons, but I am not most people. As I sit here patiently, as I do every week, I wonder if there are other mothers who come in as often as I do. I guess there are kids who get in trouble a lot, and I can't help but think about how lucky they are. I would give anything to have a child who simply got in trouble. Trouble is temporary. I'm waiting to ask the detectives working on our case if they have any updates. At first, I thought they would simply call me when anything new came in, but that was three years ago and I'm not so trusting anymore. It's quiet today, which is nice for a change. Busy in a police station is never good news. It's almost nice to sit in the quiet. If I were anywhere else in the world, this would be a vacation. But all of that changes the second a young woman bursts through the double doors completely breathless. She is clutching a photo and shouting for help. Her eyes are wild and unfocused. Her emotions are crawling across her skin in vibrant red patches. I know exactly what's wrong. I can tell before she even opens her mouth. I would know this anywhere. This woman can't find her child. The panic is palpable. It comes off her in hot waves that I can feel from my seat. It's like standing next to an oven when the door is opened. I wonder if anyone else can feel it. I don't even realize that I've gotten up out of my seat. The man at the front desk tells this woman that she has to calm down, and her eyes turn black at the insanity of his suggestion. There is nothing in the world that would calm her down right now. And there shouldn't be. (laughs) I bet he doesn't have children. The man then gently guides her a few steps away. I can see her showing him a photo of a young girl holding a gray cat. The woman is frantically gesturing to the photo and the man can tell she isn't getting any calmer, so he takes her into a back room. I am still here in my Tuesday spot, waiting when she comes back out. But now she looks different. Her limbs have gone slack and the redness on her skin has dissolved. The woman's eyes are hollow I can tell from experience that this is from a mixture of disbelief and an emotion between sadness and anger that should have a name but doesn't. I approach her after the officer who took my statement has gone back into his office. I put my hand on her shoulder and say, is that your daughter in the picture? She nods, unable to make words, and I go on. She's very pretty. The woman looks up at me, momentarily taken out of her daze by the automatic pride and politeness that every parent has when you compliment their child. Thank you, she says. She loves that damn cat. I take her hand and look in her eyes and say, She's missing, isn't she? The woman's eyes fill with tears and I know she feels an emotion between relief and sadness that also does not have a name. When she looks back at me, she says, Yes, she is, I'm so scared. They told you she ran away, didn't they? I say, knowing that the answer is yes. The woman nods in affirmation and goes on. They said we should do nothing, say nothing. They said that runaways almost always come home and I have nothing to worry about. I told them, she's not a runaway, I know her. And one of the cops laughed and said that sometimes they see an open door and they can't resist. I think they thought I was talking about the cat. I tried to explain that I was talking about my daughter. The girl in the picture is missing. The stupid cat is fine. But they had stopped listening at that point. Before I knew what was happening, they were pointing me to the door. They wouldn't even take the picture. They just brought me out here, walked away, and and now I'm talking to you. I came here to find my daughter and somehow I reported a missing cat. No, you didn't, I say as gently as possible how they treat cats. It's how they treat girls. I squeeze her hand and hear my name call from behind the desk. I'm up, I say, taking a deep breath and releasing her from the only lifeline I could provide in that moment. Stay strong, I say over my shoulder as I walk toward the desk. We can't give up. Right now, in the United States, there are 194,673 reported missing girls and women under 21. And that only accounts for the time that has elapsed since January 1st. According to national statistics, by the end of the year, there will be twice as many. 91% of these women and girls are classified as runaways. And if they are over 18, this is no longer a crime. It's comforting to assume that these women and girls just decided to go somewhere else, but ask their families how many of them actually did that, and I think you'll get a vastly lower percentage. I don't need to tell you about the dangers that exist for a young woman who falls off the grid. We are taught to be afraid. You never know when the worst might happen, but when it does, That fear that we are supposed to have, that vigilance that we are taught from childhood, is an overreaction. Our girls are precious. We should keep them safe. Stop blaming them for the monsters lying in wait. There is no other prey on the planet that is blamed for being caught. That's not how they treat cats. It's how they treat girls. We need to believe these families. We need to give these girls the importance they deserve. We need to find them, all of them.
1: I'm Holly. I'm Leslie. And we We would be dead. dead.
0: Time we talk about the astronomical amount of missing women and girls in this country, or in general, it sends shivers down my spine. There's just too fucking many. Yeah, for sure. So. Hey Leslie. Hey Holly. Hey fiends. Well, what a surprising and enlightening week. Well, two weeks at this point. We have had over here at We Would Be Dead Quarters. A few months ago, we got a case request from one of our fiends, a woman named Amber. Hi Amber. Hey girl. Amber asked that we cover the disappearance of a young woman from Virginia named Caitlin Aikens. Amber had worked with Caitlin and her mother for a brief period of time, and she asked for our help. Caitlin's family was looking to get as many eyes and ears on her case as possible. So this week, we decided we would do our bit and cover it. It was an easy decision, really. I'm making it out to be like something I had to think about. We didn't have to think about it at all. It was just a matter of when we could do it. Right. I remember when you (laughs) sent this to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do it. But, like, life happens a lot. Yeah. Um, So when I began my research, I reached out to Amber, who was a rock star, and asked if she might give us a small statement about what Caitlin was like as a person. Just like you worked with her, you knew her. What was she like? What did she do? What were her favorite things? Well, she did way more than that. Amber connected me to Lisa Sullivan, Caitlin's mother, and subsequently we were able to interview Lisa and her sister Pam, Lisa's sister, not Caitlyn's and find out so, so much more about Mm -hmm. this case than is available in any other media outlet. And we have that in the recording from Lisa and Pam, they have, this is the most they've told anyone. Yeah. So this is, you guys are going to want to listen to the end on this. Lisa is great. And we were so thrilled to be able to talk to her. And then we got Pam as a surprise bonus.
1: Yeah. Also great. I know.
0: Hey Pam. (laughs) Thanks girl. So for the first time ever on We Would Be Dead, and hopefully not the last, you will get to hear directly from our main character's family, which is arguably the most important source we will ever be connected with. Mm -hmm. So this is pretty exciting for us. In addition to covering Caitlin's story today, we are asking you, our fiends, to share her missing flyer and any information we put out there about this case. Because somebody knows something. We just need to find them Mm -hmm. or her, honestly. So, I will put out our photo suite, but then I'm going to also independently put out a post that is just Caitlin's missing poster so that it's easily shareable with like a small synopsis of her case to make, okay. to just kind of have a little thing that we all can put out there in the world. Put it on your Instagram story, put it on your Facebook, put it on any social media you can. Just get it out there. Caitlin's family has done a huge amount of work on their own, uh, more work than any of us even knew until we talked to Lisa. Yeah, that was wild. It is insane how much work they've put in. I mean, they really have. And it's been six and a half years, so they've had a while to do it. They've done far more work than should have been expected of them. Yes. They did things like, aren't other people supposed to be doing this?
1: Right. They they were the ones following like rabbit trails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, they any kind of lead that came in, you better believe it was Lisa and Pam and their family that was following it. I was so, so
1: impressed by that. Which I feel like also in turn some probably mm-hmm. helped other people find. Yeah, it could have. It,
0: it sure could have helped other you families know? find like, okay, well, this is a dead end here, but we found out all this stuff So one never can tell. So what we need to do is step up and give them any and all support that we have to offer. Plus, I uh, I bragged about you guys a lot. So don't make me look dumb. Okay. Yeah. Make <laughs> us look good. We said you were awesome. And speaking of looks, I have been so tired recently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I'm just not sleeping well. And I think it's really giving me that hollow, saggy rag look that won't be appropriate until at least September.
1: Yeah. When like, he likes a saggy rag.
0: No, but like when we get to sort of Halloween time, like you can play it off. You know what I mean? For sure. yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I need to do something fast, though, so I don't look like a dried-out mummy in the presence of all the hot beach moms around me here at the Jersey Shore this summer. Ugh, Jersey Shore.
1: Ugh, hot hot beach
0: moms. (laughs) I have lived in New Jersey my entire life, and that is what people call it. It's the shore. You go down the shore. Ew. That is the act—you can ugh all you want, Connecticut, but that's the phraseology. I'm sorry. It's the beach. No, it's not. It's not. I'm so sorry. It's not to anybody who grew up here. It's the shore. To everybody that
1: grows up here calls it the when beach. When you go to the
0: actual sandy place with the... Yeah. If no, you're coming down, down here as a shooby, yeah. yeah, No, if you're going to this area, this whole area is the shore. To other people outside. Mm-mm. To people who live in the state. No. It's the
1: shore. I went Not to the Jersey Shore here. every
0: summer my entire life. And when we went for a couple
1: weeks, we because went down the didn't shore. Because you didn't live here. No, I didn't live here. That's what I'm but saying. But I'm local enough. You came to the shore because you had to come here. Right. People that live here go to the beach. Yeah, because I'm
0: going to argue that one until the end of time. You can go on the
1: Cape May locals website. Well, no, even
0: when I was on vacation, if I Mm -hmm. was already here in this area, I would say, okay, now I'm going to the beach because, and I would go to the sandy place with the ocean.
1: Right, because you were going to the beach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if I'm living down here, that's when I go there. Right. But if I tell someone, if someone says, where are you from in New Jersey? I say, I'm from the shore. Ew. You can ooh all you want, but it's (laughs) real. I will fist fight about this. All right. Back me up, people. I don't fight you on Connecticut shit. Leave me
1: alone. Because you weren't from Connecticut. And you're not from here. I'm here now. But you're not from here. If you lived in Connecticut (laughs) for any span of time, we could have a few words. I would never.
0: You were there longer. I would never distrust you. I'm just saying. I would
1: always believe you. I'm just saying
0: okay anyway i have heard about a miracle cure for mummy face though so when i'm at the beach i don't get upset it might just be a myth but i need to give it a try because i'm 40 and this is a time in life when women become super op- open to like alternative options mm-hmm. yeah we're like something else has to work <laughs> yeah so why not right do you want to know what this magical cure is i do i know you're like have no idea and you're I have really excited. No idea. Just one sugary spoonful of validation. A hill we dying on. Just like the term Jersey Shore, which is a hill I will die on. And what look? Oh my God. Our <laughs> friends can help us get some of this. Not the Jersey Shore validation. But how you might be asking yourself, I am, yeah. well, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Simply head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and or a friendly review. It really is the only way to move this podcast forward. And we really, 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 really want to move forward. Try it, man.
1: Yeah, it's really unhealthy to go backwards. It is. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't go back to your exes. Yeah. Don't go yeah. back on anything. Never go backwards in a relationship. Mm-mm. So that's why, like, you take your time going forward, but we have, we, we're taking our time. Yeah, like,
0: don't drive backwards. Yeah. You could get in an accident. Yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So,
0: like, we got to go forwards. Yeah. Perfect. And if you want even more We Would Be Dead in your life, you can support us over on Patreon, where for just a small monthly donation, you gain access to our weekly video after show, Host Mortem, and they have been juicy recently. So juicy. We've been doing a good job, like, getting into extra case stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We keep our mouth shut here and we save it. Yeah. So
1: hard. We will continue this discussion about the shore and the beach.
0: We have a hundred more other, way juicier things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we have stuff I can't wait to talk about. That's true. So, we also have some extra mini sods, all of our episodes of 30 minute horror movies. We're going to be posting some giveaways, merch opportunities. You will also get a gift from us in the mail, an on-air toast dedicated just to you and more. And we do mean more because we have more coming. We're working it out. And if all of that is a little much for you, you can simply follow us on social media. We are at Pod everywhere. But especially um, Instagram, please help us get to the point where like, maybe we could add a link or swipe up. Swipe up is a lot, but we're going to get there. I have so many things you could swipe up on. They're all so interesting. You won't know that unless you get us some uh, more follows, though, so yeah, get in there. You can also share anything we post, like everything we post, every single thing. Post about your favorite episode. Tell us when you're listening. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell the person you buy possibly illegal fireworks from for your 4th of July celebration. What's their name? Shady fireworks dealer. Carl. Carl's already walking his dog, but he also sells Carl. fireworks. Can we give him—can we just add on to his bio, though? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he walks his dog, and he
0: has conversations and then, with you yeah, that are You too just long. like
1: casually walk out, yeah. Which you find out that he like has legal fireworks in his backyard. In his backyard, yep. I love shady Carl. Yep, and sometimes the neighborhood kids get into that stash, and they are it's not good popping off fireworks. Not good, yeah, scaring dogs usually keeps them real locked up, but sometimes they get in there. Sometimes Carl, you know, has
0: one too many. Freaking Paps. Paps, that's what he drinks. <laughs> I was going for like, what's the cheapest beer? Yeah. Natty, natty ice or whatever. Yeah, but Paps is good. Yeah. Yeah. So he's drinking that and then like because he's not a college student. No. Oh no. He's clearly a full adult. <laughs> yeah. With like a couple divorces behind him. Yeah. Perfect. Then your friends and Carl, why not? Yeah. Can become fiends and we can all hang out together. Along with our case this week, we are going to be debuting our long anticipated Not a Runaway merchandise, which uh, we have kind of pitched around the idea about this before. And what we are going to do with this is that every month we will take a portion of the proceeds from anything you buy with the Not a Runaway logo on it. I think it, I don't know what we're going to put it on. We'll figure it out. And we will donate this to a missing persons case of the moment, the one, a different one every month. So we'll try and, dedicate our time and funds and some of our social media reach to cases that need all of those things. So if you buy Not A Runaway merch, know that your money's going to a good place and you'll be able to share whatever foundation it is we are donating to that month too. So look for that and a better explanation because this is really just the beginning of this. I really see it snowballing further and doing more good in its future. I love snowballs. And good and future yeah <laughs> so perfect all right well leslie do you have
1: anything to add before we begin uh well no not this week just nothing nothing yeah nothing been a while we're just got to get back in back in the hang of it i had something last week but then we didn't record so, so
0: i'm dying of
1: yeah nerve compression in my neck
0: sorry guys i'm figuring it out anyway all right then On with the show. So this week is going to work just a little bit differently since we have an interview to share with you. Since timelines are important with this one, we will tell you Caitlin's story straight through and then we will play our interview for you. Lisa and Pam gave us so much additional information. So make sure you listen carefully all the way through and then you can get like everything. If you simply Google Caitlyn's name, the related search suggestions you are going to find will lead you astray a little bit. You know how Google says like, maybe you want to know this. Well, those titles are Caitlin Aikens Found, Caitlyn Aikens Found 2021, Caitlin Aikens found, Caitlin Aikens found 2022, Caitlin Aikens Suspect. This paints the picture of a story full of answers, but that's not what we have today, unfortunately. First of all, I shouldn't even have to say this, but Caitlin is still missing and no, there aren't any like, solid suspects. There are persons of interest, but I I don't know that we can call them suspects because there isn't a definable crime. Suspect is a legal word. There is certainly people, person that is being considered, as I said, but that's different. So just keep that in mind if you're the kind of person who likes to Google along. Okay. Caitlin Michelle Akins was born on September 2nd, 1996 in Goshen, Indiana to her mother, Lisa, and her biological father, Not to be named. Her biological father is never mentioned. Again, like, he's only a brief appearance. So there's really no need for me to, like, blow him up and find out who he was. So a few short years after Caitlin is born, her sister Gabby comes along, and the two were instantly inseparable. Lisa's family, that's Caitlin's mom, is all very close. And this is very evident from watching her and her sister together, and you'll hear them talk. There are lots of strong women supporting one another in this family, which we love to see. It seems very woman-driven. Mm -hmm. basically. When Caitlyn was just three, Lisa and Caitlyn and Gabby's biological dad split up. He was never in contact with them afterwards. I think that it was his idea. I'm not 100% sure. But again, he never comes up again. He never talks to anybody again. So we thank him for the cool kids and say goodbye. Lisa and the girls did fine on their own for a time. They moved from Indiana to Virginia. Um, where Lisa quickly got a job and I think and her family was all nearby there so they could have she could have more help with the kids when she needed it which is valuable when you have like very young children the girls did well in school and were healthy and happy no red flags nothing went bad everything's fine then around 2003-2004 love came calling for Lisa once again when Caitlin was seven and Gabby was four that puts us in about 2004 Lisa married a man named James Branton Lisa and the girls then moved into his house in Spotsylvania County, Virginia, where the meat of this story will eventually go on to take place. Spotsylvania is a fun name, isn't it? It sure is. It sounds whimsical. Yeah. It may be the first time some of you guys are hearing it. It wasn't for me, though. Had you ever heard of Spotsylvania before? No. Yeah, I hadn't either. But, well, before this incident, I'm going to talk about. One of my college roommates was actually from Spotsylvania. Okay. Yeah, and as the 18-year-old vying for independence that he was when I met him, He definitely viewed it as a quiet, rural place that he was eager to escape in favor of the fast-paced city life in Philadelphia. He was really like, "Ugh, nothing ever happens there. It's so small, so woodsy, so boring, which is something an 18-year-old is always going to say. Yeah. So I went into this case with that in the back of my mind. It is more than possible for young people there to get antsy and want to try something new. But that's true of any place, really. I would say I felt some of that. What about you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just I like mean. wanting to be somewhere different, and mm-hmm. you know. But I think this location is particularly quiet and rural. Spotsylvania County has 143,676 people within its county limits, but remember, that's the whole county, and was named after a man named Alexander Spotswood, who was the lieutenant governor of Virginia back when it was just a little baby colony. Oh, cute. It is rich in history and scenic riverbanks, Spotsy, as it's called by locals, is just a little over an hour drive from Washington, D.C., technically. However, anyone who has done this drive will tell you that traffic can make it much longer. Leslie, didn't you tell me a story about this stretch
1: of road, like, stranding people in a snowstorm? Yeah, we had, like, the snowpocalypse this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was that road that got shut down for, like, 27 hours. Like, I think, like, the, I don't know if it was the governor Uh or the maybe the governor but like people were stuck on that like high that stretch of highway road for yeah i think it was 26 or 27 hours or something during that snow apocalypse. but
0: i yeah. was stuck on a highway for six hours when we drove to Pennsylvania like the boondocks of pennsylvania to get dipper
1: i yeah. can't imagine
0: adding 20 hours i know in the freezing cold i know holy shit so that's some Serious jamming up of traffic.
1: Yeah, that I think that's uh not normal.
0: No. <laughs> no, it's probably out of the no, ordinary. No. No. <laughs> but Spotsylvania's Wikipedia is so short that I have to assume not much happens around there on the regular basis these days. And you know as well as I. When we look up a location, it usually has like a ton of stuff. When it's short, not a very eventful place. Mm-hmm. But Spotsylvania was known as the crossroads of the Civil War due to the fact that so many battles were fought there. In fact, General Stonewall Jackson was killed by friendly fire in Spotsylvania County. So like his own men, accidentally. Good times. Mm -hmm. In Civil War times, things were quite busy there. But I think that perhaps the people of Spotsylvania County felt that that was more than enough. Thank you very much. And then after that, everyone just kind of settled down. So- It was a wild time. We all need a rest. Go look at a river and take a nap. But while it may frustrate city-forward young adults to live in a place like this, a quiet place to live is exactly what most people want if they have a young family. And so Lisa, James, and the girls were able to have a rather quiet life there for a time. James seemed to be a great addition to the family in the beginning. He was an involved stepdad going to school concerts, dance recitals, and family vacations. He helped with homework and gave rides to and from school, so he was an active presence. Like people would know that he was the girl's dad and that, and he was there for everything, you know? James was the only father figure the girls had ever known as they were too young to remember their biological father. Um, and so they kind of viewed him as a dad, obviously, and that kind of, they did. James and the girls had a good relationship for a while and nothing is out of the ordinary here in this beginning part. But as the years went by, James began to change. Lisa described him as a person who thought he was always right. And for what it's worth, James is also pretty tech savvy and an early adopter, which means that somebody who gets like every new released product as soon as it's released. Yeah. Like we all have that friend that's like a new iPhone comes out next week and I already have them order in. Yeah. Except for he didn't like Apple products um, because he didn't trust them. Uh, So also something to be known. So the family all had Android products. And Lisa mentions in more than just our interview, that they had the Android phones with a slide-out keyboard, like as soon as they're released. Mm-hmm. Which to anyone our age is going to register as like, oh, that was like a cool thing to have. It was the coolest. <laughs> Never yeah. got one. I didn't either. Yeah. If you had that phone, where you could like pop out the keyboard. Yeah. yeah, you were very cool. I think the coolest
1: phone what was, I was that I had? like a kick, like a. oh Wasn't oh, it like a
0: kick or something?
1: I don't remember. Maybe I don't know. It was something cool though.
0: It was something very cool.
1: I think the coolest phone I had when I was young was like a Magenta Razor. I never got a Razor either. And that looked cool because the buttons were like... Flush. It was all flat. Big and flat. Yeah. They didn't work that well. But they did look That's, cool. Yeah. They were very slick. <laughs> they
0: had a like metallic finish too. But other than that, I went right to iPhones. Although I think I had a BlackBerry for a little while. But not when it was cool when everyone else had iPhones and I had a BlackBerry. Mm.
1: Less cool. No, I had a flip phone for so long. Oh, so did I.
0: I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But these, but James and Lisa and their family, like, were, they had the cool phones. Mm -hmm. This this tells you something about a person that immediately guessed those things. They're into that. James's love of technology is also relevant, so it's worth mentioning early and often. Hobby-wise, the only thing James needed to do for enjoyment was play video games. He also, I've been told, had several cell phones at all times. This is apparently a practice some people keep, which I did not know. Do you know people that have, like, backup cell phones? No. Yeah. Apparently he had, like, backups just in case anything happened, which to me is strange. Now, I have no reason to believe there was anything suspicious with these alternate cell phones. But again, I'm just pointing something out as an outsider that yeah. I personally take note of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have known people who have had other cell phones, but... Were they, like, business, though? Either business or, like, or like a drug dealer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Drug yeah. dealers do have
1: extra cell phones.
0: I'm not saying that that's what
1: he was. No, but just that's just thing. all I, yeah.
0: Yeah, or like even people, like I've had friends that work in like, say, like construction or the tech industry mm-hmm. where they have an extra one where people can get in touch with them for that. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's not what he did. Mm-hmm. So. Or they have someone else that they're talking to. Or they have like a burner phone, yeah, because yeah. they have more than one relationship or mm-hmm. whole entire family in some cases. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I guess, but his were like backup phones. Well, his main
0: phone was always an Android and he would get the kind that he would totally wipe all the factory settings off of and then add Mm -hmm. his own encrypted operating system. This is something I guess a lot of people will do for added, according to what the internet has told me, privacy, security, or like you said, to like kind of download stuff for free and not be tracked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It seems a little tinfoil hatty to me, like something you might do if you were really afraid the government was watching your every move. I could be wrong. Also, I'm very boring, so nobody wants to read my shit.
1: Right. I So I have known other people that yeah. do this kind of thing, and, and I would say on how Lisa was talking about James, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds like if he is a techie guy, it's, yeah. it's kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah,
0: that's what she said. Th- I mean, you guys will hear it later, but she kind of says, like, he did it because he could. Exactly. But yeah. it also strikes me as something one might do if they had something to hide. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. Just putting it in the world. There are lots of people who just want to know that their private life is going to be kept private. I get that. And I hope none of them have Alexa because she hears everything. I don't. You don't? (laughs)
1: No.
0: (laughs) You know how many people are going to have this playing and their Alexa is going to go off? More than one. Alexa. (laughs) Oh, no. Now she's definitely going to go off. (laughs) Oh, other than that, we know that James is not an incredibly social guy. He, this is quoted in several places, and Lisa says it directly to us. He has just one friend and a strong relationship with his mom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love this image. I know. I also like when it's, uh, I've also heard, and there's, he has one other friend, but I don't think they're friends anymore.
0: <laughs> this is not like a close, wonderful friend. This is like one guy he might hang out with sometimes. And James's mother was a woman who Lisa did not have a strong relationship with. It was seen that she kind of saw Lisa as competition for a time. Lisa goes into this in our interview. Um she does mention that she felt that she that like James left James left his mother to be with Lisa. Okay. Which is a common like mom not common. That's not like a good thing for moms to feel, but on, we've heard this before in cases where a mom will get hyper jealous of a son's wife or girlfriend because they feel like they're being replaced. Right. So, these mothers kind of see their son's romantic interest as competition.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I never asked if James is, I mean, I guess I'm I'm assuming, is James an only child? I don't. Yeah, I guess we never— I think he must be. Yeah, because that would make sense to me then, too. Yeah,
0: with the mother. Mm -hmm. I read an article that mentions his father— because he inherited some of the property he owns, Mm -hmm. because he owns a lot of property, which we'll also talk about later, um, from his father after he died. So I think his father is gone. But I don't, I've never encountered one source that mentioned any siblings. Does that mean there aren't any? It absolutely doesn't. But it doesn't mean that there are. Mm -hmm. So we can confirm at a later date. But if there are, they are not involved in any of this at all. Mm -hmm. Lisa did say, though, that Caitlin was um, James's mother's favorite. You can hear, she'll go more into this in the interview, but she said that, you know, like, the mother would occasionally watch the girls, and she did seem to like Caitlin the best. So clearly they, they knew her well enough. There was, an, there was something there. She may not have been like a super involved grandma, but she was there. As the years went by, though, James himself began to withdraw. The girls and Lisa became seemingly more of an aggravator to him than anything else. James would be home less and less, and he stopped attending family meals, school events, and vacations. He only saw Lisa and the girls for maybe a Spartan couple hours a week, and Lisa says this to us and in several other sources, that they maybe saw him for two hours a week near the end, which is not a lot when you compare it to, like, the involved dad he seemed to be before this. Mm -hmm. James had become angry and argumentative, and he was always, like, picking on them and yelling at them and criticizing the things that they did. He was a volatile presence, angry and depressed. Their home had become a dark place. The family began walking on eggshells whenever James was around, which is so not a healthy way to live. In fact, it was easier when he wasn't there at all. Now this is a pretty good indicator that a marriage should be over. If your spouse is causing you an enormous amount of anxiety and your children the same, you're gonna start to think maybe we need to get out of here. And seeing that it was no longer a healthy place for her or her children, Lisa divorced James and moved to Caroline County, Virginia. And I think this move was in order to be closer to her family. Mm -hmm. Um, And this would have happened in about 2010. Though James and Lisa divorced, James realized, I suppose after the fact, that he did not want to give up his relationship with the girls. Again, this is like six years of time that he logged with these two children and had been for a time very close to And this would probably be a lot easier to swallow if he had been nicer to them in the end. But it's hard to tell what was going on in his head. James was never evaluated by a mental health professional. We learned later that mental illness does run in his family, but that he refused to be evaluated by anyone and did not like the idea of therapy. Lisa said he agreed to go to a single session of marriage counseling. But when they finished, he was like, okay, I'm done, that's all. Mm -hmm. So I don't... No, to me, it is a bit curious to have someone in this very dark, very angry place, and then they snap out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, that's not like, you know, the way things work when you're having the best time ever. Right, right. So I wondered, and we do ask Lisa about this, so you'll get to hear about it in the interview afterwards. I am, um, I cannot help but wonder what's going on there. What's going on with this person? Yeah. So after the divorce, James told Lisa that he would still be there for them no matter what. Took about a year for him to regain trust, though, especially with the girls, because he had been so downright difficult and scary. I mean, you don't want to trust that guy, especially as a kid. But James was true to his word. He seemed almost better after the marriage had ended. He still came to birthdays and dance recitals. He was there with Christmas gifts, and he even helped pay the bills if they ever needed help. James and Caitlin slowly returned to having a good father-daughter-style relationship, And honestly, there were no red flags at this point. No one would have had any cause for concern. I personally have never really come across an ex-step parent that stayed this involved. But as humans, generally, we try not to be too suspicious of kindness or helpfulness helpfulness either. Right. So this is what is going to make the events that happen later all the more confusing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: After the move to Caroline County, Caitlin enrolled in Caroline County High School and she was academically inclined, so school came very easy to her, and she excelled in all of her classes. She also had a supportive friend group at school, and as a teenager discovering who she was, she loved finding out ways to stand out in a crowd. Caitlin expressed herself in a lot of ways, but the most talked about one was probably her hair, which is always a different color. You'll see pictures of it, like, straight, and then blunt, cunt, it's pink, it's blue, it's got black spots in it it's highlighted it's short it's long and always like pin straight she had that like scene look going on for a little while mm-hmm. she wasn't afraid to try something new with her appearance she also had quite a few piercings she had a bunch in her face and tattoos i would describe her aesthetic like i said as kind of like punk or emo-y looking um but fun mm-hmm. one of the things that she likes on facebook because i looked at all of her facebook likes is pastel goth Oh so yeah, was like Ah, sense. there it is. Yep, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> that captures you very well. None of her photos show like a grimace or that like teenage like I don't look mm-hmm. at me face or an eye roll or, or like a middle finger or anything.
2: Nope. They're
0: all just her like happy yes. and smiling and very happy. pastel. and very like cute, but yeah, also maybe a little edgy. Yeah, which I get it. Yeah, she was cute. She was very cute. is very cute. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned, Caitlin had a comfortable group of friends at Caroline County High School, but she also had friends back in Spotsylvania. Now, these are neighboring locations not far away from one another, but when you're a kid and you don't drive, it can put a real damper on a friendship. Caitlin, however, was always very good at keeping in touch with the people who were important to her, and this is something to remember. And she did just that, specifically with a girl named Amber. Amber Rios had lived down the block from Caitlin and her family back when they were living with James. Amber was a bit older than Caitlin, so they weren't in the same grade in school, but they had met in their neighborhood and gotten along very, very well. The girls quickly became very close friends. However, when Caitlin was 12 and Amber then would have been about 14, so we're talking about around the year 2008, Amber and her family moved to Lake Havasu, Arizona. This, however, did not hurt their girls' friendship at all. They stayed very close, and they stayed in contact through phone calls and text messages. At this point, they both have cell phones. Uh, and on social media, and they even got to visit. By the summer of 2010, Amber and Caitlin had discovered their relationship was evolving into something more than friendship, and the two began dating. Now, I know what you're all thinking. This is rural and possibly rather conservative Virginia. How did this go over with Caitlin's family? Was it a struggle coming out? Well, all signs point to no, and it really did go just fine. Lisa and her family have said it in repeated interviews. As long as Caitlin was happy, that's all that mattered. Lisa specifically said to the Oxygen Network show Disappeared, quote, I'd rather be happy than make her choose someone else. And she did. She chose happiness, which is kind of a, kind of a big deal, I think. Like She was like, I just want to be happy for my, my child's happiness, so I don't want to mess with any of this. Yeah. Now, I know this is easy to say in retrospect, but there is proof there. There are lots of supportive messages on social media from Lisa when it came to Caitlin and Amber. There are posts where Lisa tags Amber or comments on what she has to say, and lots of likes and general good-natured stuff. And through a deep but completely public and on the up-and-up dive of Facebook, I found lots of posts where Amber talked about staying with Caitlin, Gabby, and Lisa in Virginia. It mentions Lisa picking her up at the airport, spending time with the girls, etc., And Caitlyn was out and proud. She was not quietly out. She made no attempts to hide who she was. She and Amber were very publicly affectionate. There is absolutely no indication that there was any issue with Caitlyn's sexual identity or who she chose to spend her life with whatsoever. Reddit loves to wonder about this. But it's pretty easy to cross-check if you try even the littlest bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember us going into this first wondering that part, and then we quickly were like, no, they were... No, they were fine. They were all happy. (laughs) They were all quite supportive, and publicly so. Mm -hmm. And
0: it should be said that my cross-checking has nothing to do with the integrity of Caitlin's family and everything to do with shutting down the but-what-if section of the comments. Exactly. Now that we have that out of the way, back to Caroline County High School. Caitlin easily passed her classmates academically, often taking extra classes to get ahead. And so she came to her mother and asked if it would be all right if she graduated early. Lisa told her that that would be fine because as long as she graduated, she could go about it however she liked. Totally get that. A lot of people asked why Caitlin did this, and I was one of them. According to everyone who knew her, Caitlin just really wasn't interested in school. Lisa said this to us and many other sources that she just was done with it. She didn't love going. She felt over the whole thing and just wanted to buckle down and get it done. I would say that kids are always in such a hurry to grow up, but there are also those who generally just do not enjoy school. Right. It does happen. And I guess if you have the brains to circumnavigate that, more power to you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess it would also be if if it is if it does come easy to you and you can get the work done. Mm-hmm then you should be, I feel like, then work at your pace, which might be faster than others. Absolutely. I am a slow-paced person, but I get there.
0: (laughs) I mean, I can be a very fast-paced person, but three-quarters of the way through it, it's going to bite me in the ass. (laughs) In what would have been her junior year, Caitlin completed both 11th and 12th grade simultaneously, which sounds like a nightmare to me, and held down a job working with her mom at Wawa. Which is no small fee. That is so much work. I know. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And when we asked Lisa, like, whoa, was she like really stressed out? And she was like, no. (laughs) I know. I was so surprised. I would have been losing my mind. But apparently it never bothered Caitlin. Guys, just an FYI, I was so excited when I found out the convenience store, quote, quote, Caitlin and Lisa worked in that was mentioned in all the articles I read was Wawa. I know. That was so exciting. She's what? like, have you ever heard of Wawa? We and were, were like, wait yes. a minute. <laughs> new Jersey so understands the importance of a Wawa. We respect it wholeheartedly. You guys are doing God's work. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, how do people live without one? Yeah, it's like a savage land. Other places. <laughs> Wawa, life without Wawa, savage land. That's yeah. my new T-shirt. That's it. <laughs> anyway. In the spring of 2013, Caitlin graduated from Caroline County High School, and she was so proud. And while she should be, that's a huge accomplishment. So she was very proud of that diploma, too, which had become like, you know, the symbol of the work she had put in. After graduation, Caitlin worked full time and still managed to keep up with her friends. As I mentioned, Caitlin was good at keeping the people in life that she cared about. So if she cared about you, she kept you. She didn't let your relationship linger, which is an amazing quality because it's very hard to stay in touch a lot of times like when you're not in direct contact with people it's easy to trail off and not for any like lack of caring just life is complicated you know college wasn't on the horizon for caitlin at this point in time but i think that was more a product of age than ambition for her she was only like 16 17 years old at this point yeah because she's a september baby so she would have also even been young Taking time to figure out what you want to do with your life, though, before you commit to a course of higher learning study is actually a very smart decision, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. We've I mean, talked she's about this. very mature.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and a little in a hurry to grow up. Yeah. I, I see that, too. But, like, we've talked about the college thing a lot of times. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you should rush into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, some people are ready for it. They're yeah. ready to go, and then some people just need, like, a they little bit more time. Just a little figure time. it out, and
0: that's fine. Mm-hmm. Caitlin may not have been totally sure what she was going to be when she grew up, which is all right, girl, neither am I, and I'm 40. But what Caitlin was sure of was that she wanted to be with Amber forever. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of 2014, right after she turned 18, Caitlin left Caroline County and her tight-knit family to move to Lake Havasu, Arizona with Amber. But her family made sure to tell her that she always had a home with them no matter what. It's hard to let your kids fly the nest. But it seemed that Caitlin had a good foundation and was not flying without a net, so to speak. So she moved to a, an apartment with Amber and I believe also Amber's brother. So I think it, they all lived there and were paying rent together. But they had like a place of their own. They weren't living in Amber's family home. They were, mm. they were, you know, doing the thing. They were trying to live life. But the move did not affect Caitlin's relationship with her family at all. And they all remained very close. Caitlin and her sister, Gabby, would text like all day every day, just constant contact. Lisa even told us that Caitlin's old passwords, and they have all since been changed so nobody get fresh, were her sister's name, Mm -hmm. which like, I know, that's cute. That's really sweet. Lisa said if she was working an eight-hour shift, Caitlin would call her at least twice during it and text her a whole bunch of times too. And if she couldn't get a hold of her mom, Caitlin would call Pam or Gabby looking for where she was. So she always wanted to keep tabs on where her mom was. And anytime any time she needed any kind of help or advice, Caitlin was calling home. Her support system had not changed, in the least. They just happened to live across the country. During this time, Caitlin didn't really see or talk to James much, as far as I can tell. I think they kind of just, again, like I said, some people trail off. And I think that's what this was. I don't think it was like a purposeful break in communication. It was just that her life was taking off and he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. So that's how it goes. There are no nefarious reasons that I can confirm. And she's just getting older. And I guess he was um, busy playing video games in his house. Probably. I mean, he had so many phones to talk on. He did. And so many properties to manage. Because later we'll learn that James owned not one, but three homes. Yeah. One he lived in, one his mother lived in, and one he rented to tenants. But there weren't tenants there always.
1: (laughs) Don't give it all away, Holly. I know.
0: So maybe he was talking to his mom. I don't know. Hacking a phone for no reason. He could have been doing anything. It wasn't hanging out with Caitlin. After setting up in Arizona and getting her footing, Caitlin and Amber got engaged. Nice. Which was very exciting. They were young, yes, but this was a long-term relationship. So at this point, they had been together for like four years. And everyone was happy for them. But this wasn't the only good news in the family. Caitlin's sister Gabby also announced right around this time that she was expecting a baby. And this would have been in early 2015. And I know what we're kind of probably prickling out a little bit, which is like, that would make Gabby pretty young. So I think Caitlin was 18. She would have been 15 or 16 in there. But I think it reflects on her family's ability to kind of see the positive and things where they're like, you know what? You're gonna have a baby. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. You're gonna be so happy. We're all gonna love this baby so much. It's amazing. And we're all here to support you. Yeah. And she had like a huge network of, as I said, strong women who were all there to be supportive. So this was everyone was super excited, especially Caitlin. She was absolutely thrilled with this news. She was incredibly excited to be an aunt. There are so many Facebook posts from her about how stoked she was, how happy she was for Gabby. And I think it's fun that one of her favorite shows was 16 and Pregnant, and here she was supporting her sister in that very moment. Like, she was so ready.
1: Right. She she had been training for
0: this. (laughs) She's like, I got you. We're going to do this shit. I love that. Caitlin's Facebook page shows that she liked numerous pregnancy and parenting pages. She also liked a lot of advocacy and fundraising pages for children with life-threatening illnesses and some LGBTQ parenting sites. And here's what this tells me tells me that Caitlyn is an empathetic person, that she loves children. She had anticipated not only helping her sister throughout her pregnancy and birth, but she also wanted to be there to help raise her nephew. It also tells me that she wanted to be a mother herself one day, and that judging by her newly engaged status, she wanted to do that with Amber. In every article you read about Caitlyn, you will see that she loved children, and Lisa told us the children also loved her back. There's something about a person who children are drawn to. They usually have a little magic about them. Throughout this time, Caitlin was very involved with Gabby's pregnancy. I see she's tagged in all the ultrasound videos. Gabby mentioned she sent Caitlin lots of pictures and told her all the little details. And nothing is going to make a person think of their own future like helping a loved one prepare for a baby. Caitlin decided in the late fall of 2015 that she knew she wanted what she wanted to do with her life and she wanted to be a hairstylist. Which is appropriate because she loved doing her hair all kinds of different colors. And we find out in other interviews that she also kind of like would help her family do their hair and she would help her friends with their hair. Something she always liked. Her family also say that she loved helping people and that this service is undoubtedly a means of nurturing others. Like your hairstylist this they're helping you. Uh, we tell our hairstylists everything. And we also rely on them to help us look in, look the way we want to feel. Right. You know, and in my opinion, that's definitely helping. So I see this. So now we're headed into 2015 and the world of beauty. But like, what was that like? I know it wasn't that long ago.
1: But I, I got, I know all about it. You get out, really? I do. So can you maybe, maybe like just tell us some stuff? Yeah, I got some things I can tell you.
0: Oh my God, I'm so glad. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Okay, just sit back, have a drink. I'm just going to relax a little bit. Cool. Okay. So in 2015, we saw a resurface of some 70s trends.
2: Mm-hmm. We had the
1: button front skirts that came back and mm-hmm. are still here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my favorite trend was the athleisure. Ugh, yes, (laughs) let me be comfortable and cute. Yeah, so this hit its mark in 2015. Now athletic wear was chic and fabrics were nicer. Wearing leggings out went from being questionable to socially acceptable. Love a legging, And having a cute workout set was a must and something you couldn't wait to show off to your girlfriends during a Starbucks or TJ Maxx meetup. Uh, Lace up. (laughs) You had to think about that for a minute. (laughs) I got it. Okay. <laughs> I got there. It took me a minute yeah. to arrive. Uh, lace up fronts in particular, the lace up bodysuit with the high waisted jeans. Ooh. I think I feel like Kim Kardashian made yeah. that popular.
0: Uh, she made all the things popular.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was um prime all Kardashian. Like whatever oh, they were yes. wearing, we were wearing
0: even if of we did all didn't the know ages. It.
1: Like from Kylie to Courtney. Yep, <laughs> for sure. Off-the-shoulder peasant shirt paired with short shorts or wide culottes. Oh, boy, a culotte! <laughs> what a time to be right. alive. <laughs> Early internet graphics on shirts and hats, especially like bucket hats were big. Bucket hats point. are big
0: now. I know, they're back. I don't like a bucket hat.
1: I am not a huge fan, though, but sometimes I see one and I see it on the right person. I'm like, oh, that is like so cute. And then I put it on and I look good in a hat. So it's kind of like this works, but I don't want it to work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I look like an extra large child
1: who is trying too hard in a bucket hat. Right. Which I feel like I am a normal sized child. (laughs) And you're not trying too hard. You're trying just enough. (laughs) Just enough. That's also something I want on a t-shirt. Trying just enough. Oh, wait. I do have news this week. (gasps) What is it? I was wearing my jean overalls. They're really cute. And I had my hair down with like a little wave to it. Also, very cute. And I had two people tell me that I look like I could be an Olsen twin.
0: (gasps) Were they listeners? No. God, that was
1: authentic. Yeah. You really are the Olsen triplet. Is glowing. I look like a baby. That validation was amazing. I'm going to be living off of it. You look so the young. rest of my life. You could wear a bucket hat. For sure. <laughs> and nobody would think twice. No, not one person. Take that right down to the shore.
0: Die on that hill.
1: <laughs> Die on it. I will. I'm going <laughs> to. All right. This also was in 2015. Itty bitty cutouts on clothing around the neck, hips, and hems allowed which allowed a little flash of skin without the need of an advanced bra. Oh, an advanced bra. <laughs> that sounds so uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> Bandanas were also a huge hit this year. So bandana. many style blogs had articles about all the different ways you could wear a bandana. There's was was like, like 17 ways. Yeah, that's <laughs> too many. Don't wear them as tops. Relax. But, this is why once the pandemic hit, everybody had a bandana to wear. Oh, like, I sure did. Yeah, because <laughs> we all had them. In oh, 2015. we sure did. Uh, lace up pumps, like kind of like the gladiator sandals. I like uh, those. I know what you're really talking about. in this year. And those shoes, I feel like come and go every couple they years. Do. Yeah, they're sometimes acceptable at the club, but sometimes they peek out in like a more casual, fancier yeah. setting. I feel you. Um, The color scheme was a lot of charcoal browns and camels. Again, Kardashian colors, like that camel. Mm -hmm. They're so neutral. Yeah, Raw hem jeans, similar to fringe, were also back in style. So like not the really long dangly ones, but just more of like they were just like ripped a little bit. On purpose, not like they looked like you had walked on the street with them forever (laughs) and destroyed them. Exactly. As we did in our youth. Just like a little bite was taken out. A little bite. A little bitty bite. Cute. Slip-on sneakers also became really trendy, and not just for high schoolers, but for everyone. Great. You could get a really nice slip-on shoe that wasn't just like Skechers memory foam anymore, mm-hmm. which are so comfortable. <laughs> Hair trends for 2015 include braids, crazy hair colors, most popular being purples and blues, and man buns. Man buns? Yes. In Google's top searched hairstyles, how to grow or do a man bun was the third most searched result. Do you remember the fake ones? No.
0: Yeah. You could buy like a clip-on man bun if you really wanted that. Style? Of
1: course you could. If you were a bunless man, which is so funny because they just had them anyway for women, but then now yeah. they're marketing them. To I men. know bunless men. Yeah, we'll provide you with a bun. Yeah, I love it. I also like. I also love when they when when they market like skin certain skincare to men, oh, and I'm God. just like, you can just. It's just all the same. We put it in a utilitarian package. Yeah. And we used words like "you look tough and
0: resilient."
1: Yeah, good job marketing. Yes, okay. Shaggy haircuts for women were back in style, and styling the hair back in a slick, almost like wet look was also in. Okay, I can't pull that off. My head is too tiny. Yeah, I just looked like a sweaty mess. (laughs) It wasn't good. It's not good. Uh, I look better with hair in front. (laughs) Yeah. So that was uh, that was 2015. All right. Yeah. And Caitlyn did some of those trends. She, she really colored did. colored her hair. She had like short, shaggy hairstyles. She, did? Mm-hmm. Um, she probably had a man bun once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she had a man no, bun, but, I, but maybe a
0: bucket hat. Maybe maybe a bucket hat. She's no, she that, definitely had a bucket hat. She had like that cute little face. She could have pulled off a bucket 100%.
1: hat. 100%. She probably had some cute like white slip-on sneaks or something going on. Some jeans with a little fray on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I can see all of that. For sure. Excellent.
0: All right, thank you for all that beauty, Leslie. Now let's get down to business. You have all the background, so let's get to the incident. Gabby gave birth to a beautiful baby boy named Landon in late November. I will include the pictures of Landon that Lisa gave me in the photo suite. I'm saying this because I would not include pictures of someone's baby without their consent. Uh, Lisa Stenastich, they're very proud of Landon. We are allowed to show them. You should gush over him as much as possible. He's so cute. Oh, my God. he's hands down adorable. Uh, and I know you guys are going to want to see anyway. At this time, Caitlin had also applied to cosmetology school. Hmm. So she had decided, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I'm not back to school. I'm going to go to school for it. That's going to be my path. So she waited the little time and she found what she loved, which, again, like we talked about, I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. Didn't jump into anything before she knew. But in order to complete her application, she needed her high school diploma, which she had left at home. She decided then that she would go home in the beginning of December to meet her new nephew and to pick up her diploma. And everyone was thrilled. This was like a great plan. But it was a solo trip for her. Amber was staying at home for whatever obligation. She doesn't need to explain herself. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time Caitlin had ever traveled alone. The trip back to Virginia went off without a hitch, so she did fine. Caitlin spent a lot of time with her family while she was there and every second she possibly could squeeze out with her new nephew, who she loves like the second she saw him. She was over the moon for this baby. In fact, her um, Facebook pages, which do still exist, there's a picture for Caitlin Michelle Eakins. You can look at it if you want, um, or a profile, I mean. And her cover photo is a picture of newborn Landon in his car seat. Yeah. Oh, I know. So during this time, Caitlin um, had debated on extending her trip there because she was like really loving being with her baby nephew and her family, but I think there was a deadline with her school application to meet, and she already had her plane ticket home, so she was slated to leave from Reagan Airport at 5.40 p.m. on December 5th. Now, Reagan Airport is in Arlington, Virginia, which is close to Washington, D.C., so on that road we described earlier with the snowpocalypse, at time. But if there is no traffic, it's about an hour and 15 minutes away from Caroline County. But Caitlin did not drive. So this would never occur to her anyway. She had never gotten her driver's license. Some people don't. And any identification that people will refer to later was just like ID cards. You Mm -hmm. can get like a legit ID card that's not for operating a vehicle. And that's what she seemed to have had. So while she's home, it's not like she rented a car or anything. Um, she was relying on her family to take her everywhere. She or friends. also wouldn't
1: be able to rent a car.
0: She was too young. Oh, right. She was too young. That's right, I forgot. Yeah. So she's she's at the will of who can drive her places. Unfortunately, it was discovered that Lisa had to work on the fifth because she worked weekends and the fifth was a Saturday. And so did like pretty much the rest of her family. Like nobody was able to drive her to the airport. Like Pam couldn't do it, Pam's husband couldn't do it. Nobody nobody could make it work. So Lisa called on her old ex-husband James to see if he could give Caitlyn a lift. So remember at this point, his relationship has been largely positive with the girls for years. It's not like they talk all the time, but it's not like he's disinterested in them either. Right. James said he would be more than happy to do this. He said he had work that day, but he would drop her off early if that was all right, around one o'clock in the afternoon. But I have to say, she had a 540 flight. Being dropped off at the airport at one o'clock for a 540 flight
1: is not super weird or uncommon. No, because I mean, even at that time, they were telling us get to there, be early. there Like three yeah. or four hours early. And she's going to a city airport. Yeah. So a busy airport. Yeah. And
0: it's holiday time. We're at December 5th, which means we're in the Christmas season. Okay, yeah. So to me, that that doesn't seem like crazy early or uncommon. Mm-hmm. And she would be safe waiting in an er- airport in the interim. I would never be worried about someone, like, sitting in a terminal,
1: Right. you know. And also, again, she's this is the first time that she is traveling by herself. Right. So, I mean, even for—I get very nervous about doing things the first time. Oh, me too. So, like, I would even be like, let me just get—I just want to get there. So I know where I'm going to be. I know where I'm right. going to be. And so even my parents would feel comfortable with that. Yeah, so that.
0: Lisa was totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. James and Caitlyn hadn't seen each other in a while at this point in time. And according to family, Caitlyn was very excited to see James. And he was excited to see her. They're like, oh, cool. We haven't seen each other in a while. We can catch up. It's nice that he can do this for me. All on the up and up. Now, I know there are other sources out there in the world that say otherwise. There are friends that claim that Caitlyn didn't trust James or that he was abusive in the past or he was homophobic towards her. But none of this has ever been confirmed. So I'm not going to trust these rumors because they are essentially gossip. Mm -hmm. I only mention them because I know that our fiends are studious and they will want to read more and that they're going to encounter these articles when they do so. Right. So the plan was that Lisa would drop Caitlin off at James's house in Spotsylvania, which is a different house than the one they lived in together. Spotsylvania, as I mentioned, is a county, and this particular house is in a town called Partlow. And then, so Lisa would drop Caitlin off before work around 9 o'clock. And then James would take Caitlin to the airport so that she would arrive around 1 so he could get back to his house in time to make it to work at the insurance company he was working for, um, which was on a naval base, but we later discovered that the insurance company was GEICO. hmm And just for funsies,
1: Leslie, what does GEICO stand for? Oh, gosh. It wasn't, it was Government ins- Government Employee Insurance Company. <laughs> Which I had no idea. So boring. I know. No idea. First of all,
0: didn't know it was the government. Yeah. Which makes sense because he was on a naval base. Right. But second of all, like, I thought there was like a Mr. Geico out in the world.
1: I know. (laughs) But it's so funny because this is, it's common knowledge for the people in that area. Really? Yeah. (sighs) Ah. But not for, uh, because that's, it's from that area Mm -hmm. and then has expanded. Okay. That is so, I thought that was so funny.
0: Yeah. What a boring oh, that little gecko. <laughs> I know. He's so interesting and really he's just like some stupid acronym.
1: But now I understand why it was never called like gecko insurance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because I was like, well, why if they have a gecko? Just call it gecko, guys. Just, that was weird. Yeah, why Mr. Geico was like, No, it
0: will be me. Yeah. There's no Mr. Gecko. <laughs>
1: There's no, no Mr. Gecko. <laughs> That's a shame.
0: Maybe we'll invent a personality for him someday. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Geico is very full of himself and he's like, you will all say my name all the time.
1: He is Fuck the government. Fuck that duck. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Holly. You know. He is the government. You're right. And or as, you know, your, as your iPhone would say, duck that black duck. <laughs> it will every time. <laughs> I never mean duck, but they always
0: think I do. Yeah. Fine. For a while, I just left it. <laughs> yeah. Quack. <laughs> yeah. Duck, duck, duck. Anyway, James said he had to be at work somewhere between 3 and 4. Now, depending on the source you read, it's going to be different. He had to be there at 3. He had to be there at 3.30. He He'd be there at 3.40. Like, there's a lot of different, but you know what? It truly doesn't matter. He just had to be at work. He just had to be at work, and he had to drop her off so he could be back around 3 o'clock. hmm Wouldn't you factor in traffic? Feels like it makes sense there. Mm-hmm. I think some people say he wanted to go home first so he could get changed. Also doesn't yeah. matter, but these are things you will read somewhere else. So they make these plans where James is going to take her and Lisa is going to drop her off like a day or so before Caitlin was set to leave. So this was done. They knew it was happening. The whole family knew because Lisa had asked other people if they could take her. Mm-hmm. And when they couldn't, they're like, well, what, what's she going to do? So obviously this was well known. On the night of December 4th, Caitlin decided she would catch up with some high school friends at a party they were having at their apartment. Now, these friends were a couple, but um, I think there were other people at the gathering that, like, came for a little while. And there was drinking involved, so people were not necessarily going to be driving that night. So Caitlin arranged to just stay over at her friend's home and that they would take her back to her mother's house early the next morning so that they would be able to leave by, you know, like, just before 9 o'clock. Perfect. So Caitlin had packed, and she made sure to check that she had her diploma. Lisa mentions in other interviews that she checked for that diploma a bunch of times. She was like, hey, guys, make sure I have my diploma. She, like, told people this. Uh, So it was important to her. She needed to leave with this diploma. While at the party that night, Caitlin and her friends drank and played cards, and then things got a little wild. According to multiple sources, she had a sexual encounter with this couple, couple that lived at the apartment. And the couple, I believe, later confirmed this. Like, this is the thing that did happen. But things were drunk and weird, and they went too far. This is not a shocking event. Like, that happens—it happens enough. And everyone, after the fact, seemed to have regretted it. The couple has spoken about regretting it, too. In fact, it got so awkward afterwards that one source claims that they brought Caitlin home, like, way earlier than she was expecting to go home. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, okay, where's are you just want to go home. We're just going to take you home. It's fine. Now, there are some sources that report this was like a coerced encounter, like this couple forced themselves on Caitlin. But again, this is speculation. We have no evidence of that. No one, she, there's no, no record of her saying any of these things. It's just what people think might have happened. Right. So when you read those things, you have to remember this is like a game of telephone and we're just on the end of it. Mm-hmm. The next morning after Caitlin returns home, she spends time with Landon and Gabby. She gets her things together. Lisa loads her into the car, takes her to James's house where she drops her off at about 9.20 a.m. Lisa had to be at work at 10. She lived one town over. This makes perfect sense. Now, if everything had gone as planned, Caitlin and James would have hung out for about an hour and a half, I assume get like breakfast and chat or something, and then he would drive her to the airport and from the airport, he would leave for home or work, whatever you want to assume. And everyone just kind of figured, all right, this is what happened. Which, why wouldn't you? You're never going to go, okay, this day is probably going to go not as planned at all. So the day passes by from, you know, like 20 after nine to early in the afternoon. At one fifty three, Lisa receives a text message from James. And, uh, and here's the short exchange that they have. One fifty three, James says, quote, I dropped Caitlin off. Lisa says, okay, thank you. How was traffic? And James says, not bad. Red flag. This is a red flag right away. And Lisa raises an eyebrow about it because there's always traffic. Also, I have to wonder, and I, I little, little bit regret not asking Lisa this. He dropped her off at 1.53. But in every other thing, like pre-planning it, he said he was dropping her off at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. 53 minutes beyond when he said he was going to drop her off. And he said there was no traffic. Right. Not bad. I mean, I guess maybe 53 extra minutes is not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But but Lisa also dropped Caitlin off at 9.20 in the morning. They could have left whenever. Right. So to me, I'm like, why were they that late? Right. Not that it matters. She could have been way later. It was probably more convenient for her. But he specifically said, I have to drop her off by one. And then did not. Right. Moving on. A few minutes later, Lisa gets a text from Caitlin. Like, bing, bing. They're like back to back almost. It says, quote, I'm at the airport, battery dying, so won't be able to text for a bit. And Lisa responds, okay, let me know when you get on the plane. Normal. About an hour after this exchange, Lisa gets a text from Amber, Caitlin's fiance. Now, a lot of recounts of this case will tell you that Amber got her text message first. And that's what we thought might have happened too, because it's clocked at 11 something in the morning. Mm -hmm. However... Amber is in Arizona, which means there is a three-hour time difference. So the time for her is not the time for us and Virginia. And therefore, that is why it sounds like her text got there so much earlier, when in reality, it was around the same time,
1: I believe. Right. Are they three? I know that we said that. Are they three or two hours? California's three. Right. So. Arizona. I,
0: uh, in my mind, they're the same. I know. but I could I, Well, Lisa said yeah. they're three hours. Okay, so I think that's
1: what it is. Okay, I didn't know if she was confirming with me just because oh, I, I felt know. very confident saying that. And then was like, wait a second. Because I was wondering, I remember the message coming in like 11.56 yeah. or something in the morning. So then I'm thinking it would have come in if it was
0: two Right, which um, would be a little bit after Lisa got her text from Caitlin. That's true. Okay. yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. in, my, in my head, the timeline is she gets these texts. She goes, okay, this is, she's at the airport. He drops her off. Cool. And then an hour later, phone dings again, and she gets a message from Caitlin's fiance, Amber, who says that she is concerned because Caitlin has texted her that something happened with her flight and she isn't going to be able to take it, but that she would get another one, which Lisa sees another red flag at because she knows there is no other flight she can get on. And she's immediately concerned. She's like, she has a one-way ticket. This is the only flight. I don't know what she thinks she's going to do. Who's getting her? What is she doing? She's just living in limbo forever, you know? So she starts to call and text Caitlin, but her phone appears to be off. You know, calls are going right to voicemail. Texts are not being responded to. 19-year-old girl is going to respond to a text. So that is alarming. So Lisa tells her family, and she's still at work at this point, by the way. She informs her family. She's like, listen, something weird is going on with Caitlin. See if you can get in touch with her. I don't know what's happening. And everyone starts to panic a little because this is very out of character. But Caitlin won't answer anyone. So, after she finishes work, which is probably about an hour after this moment, another hour about elapses, she messages James again and asks exactly where he drops Caitlin off. Now, I'm imagining if I were Caitlin's mother, I'd be thinking, well, did you drop her off outside? Did she ever make it inside? Did she have to walk to the terminal? Could she find the terminal? That's confusing. Airports are confusing, and this is the first time she had ever traveled alone. But James answered that he had dropped her off at the Springfield Mall so she could pass the time until her flight shopping. He said that there was a metro station right there and that she could take it to the airport. He left her with $20 for the metro and then went, quote, to work. Mm -hmm. This is another red flag. Caitlin had never been to this mall before in her life, and according to Lisa, she didn't even know that it existed. So it was strange of her to ask to pass the time there if you're unfamiliar with a place and you only have a very limited amount of time, it's hard to kind of just hang out. I mean, but likewise in a mall, I would probably get like coffee and hang out or something.
1: So we discussed this briefly and we thought that a possibility for her to go to that mall would be one, either James knew about it because he travels for his work yeah, and he might have thought like, hey, you do have a lot of time before your flight. You could go here and then take the metro over, which I think it's two stops from yeah, there. If we are to believe that if this happened, yeah. Or also, she was at a gathering with her friends the night before. Yeah. Maybe she was complaining to them about having to get dropped off early and like, what am I going to do for four yeah. or five hours? And they were probably like, "Oh, oh hey. there's this Springfield yeah. Mall, which we were told um, might not have been familiar to this family, but yeah. is a bit—it's a big mall yeah, that people in that area know lives about."
0: Lives in DC for a while, and he said it's like—I uh, mean, if you live. In our area, it's kind of like King of Prussia. Like, it's a big Mm -hmm.
1: mall.
0: Yeah. So someone could have suggested it. It's definitely possible if we are to believe she ever went there. If we are to believe, yeah. But to further Lisa's theory, Caitlin had also never taken the metro by herself before. In fact, she had only been on it once when she was six years old, and she called it the boogie-woogie choo-choo train. So cute. You know, I loved it. But, like, one ride on the metro at six does not an expert make. And it was not in Caitlin's character to be able to navigate such a task for the first time, without assistance. Caitlin was someone who would call her mom or her Aunt Pam when she didn't understand a single step in a simple recipe. Navigating unfamiliar public transportation was extremely out of character for her, which I get, because I couldn't do that either. I would be screwed if I was in that position. I would never make it anywhere. (laughs) It's fine. I understand this about myself and give grace to others who are the same way.
1: I would have gone in real confident and then got real nervous (laughs) and then asked a lot of people for help a thousand times. Yeah. Can you re-explain this to me? I'm going to Google it. You
0: probably would have gotten there. I I probably would have have sat in a ball somewhere. But I would have been a hot mess. (laughs) I hear you, man. So then no one hears from Caitlin for hours and hours. They're like, okay, well, this is weird. She's dropped off at this unexpected place. She said she's not going to make her flight. And then just radio silence until 7.15 in the evening. So this is a rather large gap in time. Yeah. And at 7.15, Lisa receives two back-to-back text messages from Caitlin out of the boot. It's the last time she's ever heard from her. They are, quote, staying with a friend. Quote, I need some time alone. Now, this is also a red flag to Lisa, as it is not the usual cadence of Caitlin's text messages. She is a, like, pre-think texter and she'll compose the whole message in one block rather than sending a back-to-back sentence situation, which is, I mean, that's how I text, uh, one sentence at a time. And we all know this is the thing, right? Like, you have a text voice. People have a unique way of texting that is their own. Now, it may not be something that, like, everyone in the world would pick up on, but if you're close to them, you know when something is off-kilter. Right. Like, I know how you text. Mm -hmm. I know how Will texts. I know how my best friend texts and my cousin Nick. And if any of them sent me something out of character and wonky, it would for sure stick out to me.
1: Right. Like if my grammar was correct, you'd be like. And then, yeah, you didn't have to tell
0: me that it was incorrect later. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) You'd be like, who is this?
0: (laughs) Why why aren't you unnecessarily apologizing for something? What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I would totally, di- texting in a different cadence is a real thing, and it, and it will stick out if, if it happens. Um, so Lisa texts this wonky text back, call me, I'm very worried about you, please call me. So that's like three separate texts. But at this point, Caitlin's phone was off, and it never turned back on as far as they can tell again. So a few moments after Lisa receives her wonky back-to-back text, Amber receives a message via Facebook Messenger? Which there are weird issues with. We have discovered that can be an encrypted app. Mm -hmm. So really, I mean, like, this could be from her phone. It could not be. I don't think we have 100% on this message. And it simply says, quote, I can't come back. I cheated on you. And then radio silence
1: that has continued to this minute. Uh, What we did learn about Facebook Messenger is that it is encrypted. But say Amber, you know, gave the police her phone. Mm -hmm. for this, they'd be able to track where that came from. Yeah,
0: I don't know that they ever asked. Because Amber has Um, not disagreed with anything. She's been very compliant. Right,
1: right. But that's what I'm saying. So I think... And she's in Arizona. Yeah, so they would, as long as they have it from the sender or the receiver, they'd be able to figure out, like, where they came from.
0: Yeah, so this is something that is unclear. And, like, Lisa didn't even have this information. Was like, I I truly don't know where that specific message necessarily came from. So that's to Mm -hmm. me is a point of interest because you can be on text. You can you can message from Facebook Messenger from anywhere.
1: Right. But that, again, is something that the police may have looked into. They may have. They may have. And I guess and have added it in at some point in time. We'll probably find out.
0: So at this point, the family has gone into full search mode. They have called the airport and it turns out that Caitlin had never checked in at the airport never gone through security, never boarded a flight. Obviously, the flight is left at this point in time without a hitch and never had a delay or any trouble on the flight. So there would be no reason that she could not board that flight. Caitlin also never had purchased a Metro ticket. There were no records of her name at the Metro station. She also, there was no record that she had purchased anything at the mall with like a card. You know, You can tell if like a card purchase went through and there's no record of that. Beyond that, the family believes there isn't really much they can do at this point until the prescribed two days missing has elapsed you know we hate that convention because it's not true but there but lisa's even told this by police she says they're like you gotta wait a couple days she's an adult she left what do you there's no proof that she's missing she's just not with you Mm -hmm. and i hate this because it feels like they are immediately not taken seriously right and that time is so precious Right. The time right after someone disappears is, like, the most
1: precious time. Right. No one should be squandering it. Like, wouldn't it be better to just find the person and yeah. then get really annoyed that you didn't leave them alone? But they're not—nothing like, bad what, has happened. Right. That's what's—makes me so mad. Like, me too. If your family is concerned, check on these people. You gotta
0: look. I don't care if they, like, want to run away. That's fine. But, like, you can't just let—I don't know. We've, we've mentioned this before. This is an absurd thing. So mm-hmm. Lisa and the family waits the whole time. They're calling Caitlin nonstop. They're looking for her. They're in communication with the airport, the metro station, the mall. They're doing it. They're trying to find her. And when those two days elapse on Monday, December 7th, Lisa goes to the Spotsylvania Police Department to report Caitlin missing because the last place she was seen alive was Spotsylvania County. Mm-hmm. Now, Lisa makes a report at the police station but please tell her not to worry. They say it is likely she ran away and would be home with her tail between her legs in a couple weeks' time. They say this happens all the time with dramatic, stupid teenagers. And they encourage Lisa not to search. They encourage Lisa not to put up posters. They encourage Lisa not to talk to anybody else, especially the media. They say if Caitlin sees this or hears about it, it might scare her off and she won't be as apt to come home. And I fucking hate this even more than the don't report them for two days. Right. Don't say anything or look for your missing child. That is so crazy to me. I don't even know what to do with it. Right. Uh, No one's going to do that. I mean, or if they do, it is not a good plan. Well,
1: you know what bothers me about it? It's not so much that they didn't want them to do something. It's mm-hmm. that the way they didn't want them to do anything and they weren't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like the police weren't they were all just like, "No, no, no. we'll we'll like kind of we have our ears yeah. out now, like open, but like we're just going to see if she crawls out of this hole." I know. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm.
0: And to this, her family does say she's not the kind of person that would do this. Mm -hmm. She's not the kind of person who would run away. This is totally outside of her character. She was really excited about this new baby. And furthermore, she's not very independent. She doesn't do things on her own well. But the police will have none of it. They're like, nope, she ran away. It's going to be fine. But there are people in this world that actually do run away. And I think that we find that they're a little different than Caitlin, Leslie. Maybe you can give us a, a few examples to kind of flesh out who runs away from their life. How do they do it?
1: Okay. Well, I went to Reddit
0: and Love I a found good some
1: fun little stories here of people that have run away Tell and um, and came back years and years later. Okay. So this one redditor, Koala Bella, said Ooh. that I have an uncle who left when he was sixteen in the late seventies. Nobody heard from him until 2004 when he sent me a Facebook friend request. Oh. Turns out he's been living on the other side of the country, having a quiet, happy life as a school teacher. He would left because his mother, who was this koala Bella's grandmother, was abusive and her uh, uncle had done very well out there.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He didn't contact anyone, including her mother— who he, which was his sister, who he was especially close to because, this is really cute, he had taken $15 from her purse when he left and he thought that everyone must be really angry at him. And she said that, like, my mom hadn't even noticed that, like, that money was gone. Oh. I know. Yeah. So that was that guy. Then there's Clara 999. She says, one of my mom's I guess he's from like oh, England. One of my mom's, moms. yes. Yeah. One of my mom's uncles disappeared in the 70s as well. He was only 18 and had been working as a laborer and living in a caravan on a pig farm. A caravan? His mother had not heard from him for a couple of weeks, so she went to visit him only to be told by the farmer that he had had a fight with some of the other workers and left, leaving most of his belongings behind. The farmer was... Quite an aggressive chap by all accounts.
0: This His, is a British case. Yeah. I know this case.
1: Oh, do you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> His mom contacted the police who said there was nothing they could do and she was always suspicious something untoward had happened to him. There is a saying in the UK, never trust a man who owns a pig farm due to the fact that they are used to dispose of bodies. We know that well yep. in our true crime. When in doubt, pigs. Exactly. His mother passed away 10 years ago, never knowing the fate of her only son, but we all secretly thought that he had been killed and fed to the piggies. However, three years ago, he turns up out of the blue, married with children and grandchildren. It was his children who reached out to the family via Facebook and all the places. Turns out he hated his job and he felt his mother was overbearing, so he just walked away. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's so crazy. like, just adding enough. So the last one I have is from Bateau Mediocre. They say that one of their girlfriend's aunts disappeared at the age of 14. She was from a small village in France, and one day her family found her bike and like on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and no trace of her. Forty years later, she showed up to reconnect with the family. Turns out that she was beaten by her father and pissed off by the small-town mentality, so she just decided to disappear. Oh my god, at 14. At 14, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is wild. I know. So people people do this. Yeah.
0: But again, I, in my opinion, Caitlyn doesn't align with any of these things. Her family stated this was very out of character. Everybody says that, I get it, but I kind of see this with her. Because mostly because of the fact that like she was not the kind of person that would have been able to pull it off, right? And not for lack of intelligence, she was clearly very smart, but she wasn't like an inherently independent person who didn't want who would be able to sever contact with her family easily. It would have been enormously difficult for her to do something like that. And also, she couldn't drive. Right? Caitlin never got a driver's license, as we mentioned before. So how would she even get? From place to place, public transportation requires, you know, you use something. There would have been a record of her somewhere. And police did and do continue to look for her. And there is no security footage of her anywhere. Mm -hmm. And public transportation is one of the first places they're going to look. So, again, while Lisa is at the Spotsylvania Police Department, because remember, that's where she is at this point in time, she is pulled into a side room and told by an officer that a Quote, Virginia Department of Transportation worker has discovered Caitlin's blue wheelie suitcase in a drainage ditch. The suitcase was found near Mott's Run Reservoir around the 6600 block of River Road in Spotsylvania, which is less than five miles away from a property that had been owned by James Branton. Police and leader Lisa were later informed that the house had renters at that time, which it did not. Inside the suitcase, they found Caitlin's airline ticket. Her wallet, which contained her identification card, her credit cards, her bank card that was attached to both her account that she shared with Lisa and her family, and one that she shared with Amber. They also had it. Also had all of her cash, uh, her phone charger, her glasses, her toothbrush, and some other little items. Caitlin's cell phone, high school diploma, and clothing, though, were all missing. Authorities concluded that the suitcase appeared to have been thrown from a moving vehicle as it was like scuffed up and ripped, unzipped and missing one of the wheels. Mm. Police then scoured security footage at the airport, mall and metro station and Caitlin had never been to any of those places. James's car had never even entered a parking lot. James was initially very agreeable with the police. He gave them a statement more than one time. He also sent them photos of his car and the license plate, so they could identify it anywhere. But he never once texted Caitlin during the search. Everyone was texting her furiously. He never did that. He did not help in any of the searches either. And he was generally not involved. And for the last person to see her before she went missing, this is curious. He also did not report for work the day Caitlin went missing as he said he had to. Hmm. Nor did he call his job to explain that he was not showing up. He just never returned. In fact, he didn't work following the disappearance for six months. It's wild. Yeah, he just fell off the face of the earth. One friend and his mom, that's it. And those video games. Mm. Initially, James also agreed to take a polygraph, but after lawyering up, he recanted on this and turned it down. James still refuses to take a polygraph to this day. After retaining a lawyer, all communications with James and the police and James and Lisa shut down. But not for lack of trying. Lisa and her family were all over him trying to find out where Caitlin was and what happened to her. They were not just questioning him and calling him. They were talking to neighbors. They were putting up signs with his information on them everywhere, trying to get people to like kind of flush him out of where he was hiding, and nothing ever worked. On the other side, everyone else in Caitlin's family, who I'm sure the police investigated, had an airtight alibi. Amber was where she said she was. Caitlin's family was exactly where they said they were. The fr- all of her friends were forthcoming and helpful. They all told them as much as humanly possible. Amber posted this message on social media. She said, quote, hey, this message is for C- Caitlin Michelle's friends. Me and her family haven't heard from her since 2 p.m. Virginia time, and we are extremely worried about her. She was supposed to be getting on a flight at the Ronald Reagan International Airport, Please, if you have heard from her, contact me, Lisa Sullivan, Pamela Rogowski, or Gabby Akins. So Amber's posting too. She has more like the missing posters go up. Everybody's trying to help. Two weeks after Caitlin's disappearance, authorities then conduct an eight-hour search of the last place she was seen, which would be James Branton's eight-acre home, eight to ten acres depending on the source, located on the 200 block of Oak Crest Drive in Partlow, Virginia. Among the properties they seized uh, were his, James's vehicles, his guns, his computers, and an encrypted cell phone. But only his main cell phone. We talked about this before. The others, the backups, were left behind. Mm-hmm. James also owned two other properties. One he claimed he had tenants living in, like renters, but it was later discovered that it did not have renters. And another property, that, the one that Lisa and the girls had lived in with James, where his mother was currently living. And neither of these properties has ever been searched. Right. They're just in the world. Although the one where his mother was living has since been sold. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where it stands on searchability or not, but like it is no longer in James's possession. So after the search is conducted, authorities report that they found nothing of interest. They didn't find any of Caitlin's DNA. They didn't find any of her stuff. They didn't find any evidence of a struggle. They didn't find anything. Okay. James then refuses to unlock the encrypted cell phone that the police have confiscated. So, like, we can't get into this without you. You have to give us the password. He was like, no. If you need to get into it, you'll find a way, but I'm not helping you. Why, though? Right. If you don't have something to hide, mm -hmm. why are
1: you hiding? Right. So, it's one of two things. Either it is, it has exactly where Caitlin is. Yep. Or there's something else that he's doing, too, that he also does not want to get yep. in trouble for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Investigators have been unsuccessful at being able to get into this phone for over six years, apparently. But come the fuck on. Get a 15-year-old hacker on this. Somebody can unblock that shit.
1: Especially because they mentioned the, the FBI was involved at yeah. one point. Yeah,
0: they are now. She yeah. is, like, one of the first five cases on the, like, missing list on the FBI pages.
1: Yeah, They're, like, Snowden in, in on this.
0: Get somebody. Somebody can do it. Yeah. Somebody can do it. I don't know why it hasn't been done. Makes me really mad. Investigators were, however, able to obtain some phone records for both Caitlin and James's phones, which is basically where they both pinged the days of the disappearance. The day of the disappearance, sorry. And we've talked about pings before. It's the cell phone tower that their signal bounces off of that is closest to where they are when they mm-hmm. communicate in any way. It's not necessarily a pinpoint of where they are, but it right. is the it's like closest the tower. vicinity Yeah. Investigators believe that Caitlin actually never left the Fredericksburg area, which would be Spotsylvania and where, like, James's house is. Text messages from Caitlin's cell phone pinged—never um, pinged at any cell phone towers that were further than Stafford, which is, like, I think a 10-mile difference mm-hmm. at most. It's not far. Shortly before 2 p.m. on the day Caitlin disappeared, James texted Lisa, like we said, that he dropped off Caitlin, but he said he was in Springfield, Right which is where we find out the mall is. But his cell phone pinged at a tower the whole time that was nearest to his home in Partlow. His cell phone appears to have never left his home that day. According to all the pings, it was there the entire day. Right. Now, your cell phone is not sewn to your face. You could be away from it, but not when you're texting actively. Mm Mm-hmm. Around the same time, Lisa had received a message from Caitlin's phone. We talked about this when she said she didn't have any service, which was supposed to be in Arlington, Virginia at the airport. However, Caitlin's cell phone also pinged at a cell tower near Partlow, which is where James lived. At 7.15 p.m., Lisa received the last two text messages from Caitlin's cell phone saying she was staying with a friend. At this point, Caitlin's cell phone pinged at a tower near Stafford, Virginia, which I mentioned before, is less than 15 miles away from where her luggage would eventually be found. So she stayed in a very small area. She was never in Springfield. She was never at the mall. There are numerous websites online that will tell you there is evidence she was located at the mall. There is none. She was never at the airport. She never went more than 15 miles away. There is one other thing that is worth mentioning here. During the search for Caitlyn, police did discover the body of a young blonde woman that they at first thought might be Caitlyn. So they informed her family and police got like very nervous about it. But it was later discovered that this was a young woman named Heather Saccone and police for a moment thought maybe they were dealing with a serial killer, two young blonde girls who went missing within days of each other because Heather Saccone was murdered on December 6th and Caitlin went mi- missing on the 5th. Uh, but later, they would find out that a man named Jonathan Verjarano was guilty of this crime and he has been since convicted for it. He shot Heather in the back of the head. This was gang-related violence mm. and it has been confirmed. It took a while to get that, but... right. They only briefly toyed with the notion that those two cases were connected. It's not something that lasted for a long time. And that's where this case is right now. Yeah. That's basically all we know. Many attempts have been made since to speak with James, but none of them have worked. Mm -hmm. Um, This says 2021. I think it might have been 2020, but I'm not 100%. A billboard with Caitlin's picture and information was erected by the AWARE Foundation in Spotsylvania County. The billboard is located where State Route 206 meets 301, and this has been systematically placed along James Branton's daily commute from his home to where he was working. Uh, At that point in time, it was at the Dahl Green Naval Base, so I guess either he left Geico for another place or whatever. That's where he was working. This missing person's foundation was hoping that the billboard's placement would inspire James to finally cooperate with authorities out of, you know, like
1: guilt or whatever. But it didn't. No, he, instead it just uh, pushed him into early retirement. Early retirement. It sure did. At the age of 42. The age of 42. Good for which, which is you, a little sir. strange for this day and age. His properties must be doing well. Yeah, not the one he sold and not the abandoned one
0: and not his home. It also is noted in several cases, and we do talk about it in the interview, that before James sold the property in which his mother lived, Mm -hmm. they did some quote-unquote renovations. Right. And one was replacing the dirt floor of the basement with a concrete basement. Right. Now, because we have all read Kristen Smart's case from top to bottom, we know that a concrete anything poured briefly after a disappearance is quite suspicious. Yeah, could it have been he just wanted to sell this place and the dirt floor made it flood? Absolutely, but it lines up awfully strangely. So other than that, all we have are theories. Now, clearly, there are a lot of people who suspect that James did something to Caitlin, that she is no longer alive, and he disposed of her suitcase after whatever happened, removing the diploma and the clothing so that there was no way of tracking her or whatever. And, and that's it. You know, we just haven't found her yet. And what he's hiding is what he did. Possible, I'm sure. Not what we want to think, but a lot of people think this. There's also a theory out there that um, after cheating on her fiance, Caitlin just wanted to run away from her life. Police say that they uncovered um, messages from an encrypted messaging app, which Lisa tells us she used Kick, and she used a couple other things to, like, talk to people. WhatsApp, I think, was one of them, and those are encrypted. And they said they found a few messages saying that she was, like, uncomfortable with her situation, and she didn't know if she wanted to be home or with Amber. There were just, like, some chats with friends that raised a few right. red flags. But again, there's nothing concrete, and there's no confirmation from these friends. Mm-hmm but it's a possibility that people have raised and that the police have raised that she just left her life. Mm -hmm. And while this is upsetting and while Caitlin's family does not believe this is within her behavior, I mean, I hope it's true because it means she's out there somewhere and she's all right.
1: Right. And maybe she'll come back.
0: And maybe she'll with time realize my family loves me and is looking for me and I miss them and she'll come back. So as out of character as this seems and as far-fetched as it might be, like, I kind of really hope that's what she did. Yeah. She'd have to have been extremely savvy with how she presented herself and what she used. I don't know what money she would have used. People suspect maybe James gave her money. Maybe he helped her with this whole, like, leaving scheme. He got her a different mode of transportation. He has a lot of work, though, for a guy who never left his house and also didn't go to work for six months afterwards. Like, right. what were you doing? Why were you at home for six months? Was that your home? Just things that concern me. Those are really the only two theories I read that seem to hold any water. And n- nothing has been found to support either one of them, but they're the only ones that seem to make any kind of sense. There are some people that were like, well, James is extremely homophobic and he killed her because he didn't like that she was marrying a woman. There are people that say, oh, well, he didn't like that she cheated on her fiance and she confessed this to him and then he kills her what that's absurd to me well that, that that's that's yeah. the wildest of all of them to me
1: mm-hmm. i know but more theories are going to pop up oh with they're all zero over zero they're all over yeah you know?
0: but the fact of the matter is the people who are actively looking for caitlin and invested in this case just don't know they just yeah. don't know what happened it leaves off right there yeah. And they've been very active. Like, Lisa and Pam and the family have, like, they've tried to fucking hunt James down
1: and find right. out what's going on. And yeah. he will not talk. Yep. Which we will hear about in the interview. We
0: surely will. And I'm going to leave the rest to that because we have it directly from Caitlin's family, which is a far more valid source than I. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, the Spotsylvania Crime Solvers um, has volunteered $2,500 of a reward for any information which leads to the discovery of Caitlin Akins. So that has been put into place as well, which is great. Uh, and if you want further information or to try and help, you can go to the Facebook groups "Help Find Caitlin Akins" and "Find Caitlin." They have a pretty large base, and people are fucking doing the thing. So if you want to get in there and help out, you can, and we will give you further sources as well as they come to us so what you guys are about to hear is a conversation that leslie and i had with lisa and pam uh, so lisa sullivan and pam rogowski who are caitlin's mom and aunt and um i think god it's going to really reveal a lot of twists and turns in this case that you don't necessarily see coming yes so give it a listen Mm And uh, I look forward to having many more conversations about
1: this one. Absolutely. And uh, fair warning, the (laughs) beginning of the interview is a little choppy. We were still getting uh, our bearings with some of the sound. Yeah. So um, it does clear up about midway through the interview. Mm -hmm. But just so you know. Just be patient. Just be patient with us. We We got some things in. We got some <laughs> extremely important things in. And it's a
0: Zoom interview. Mm-hmm. So there are always, like, we uh, have a recording studio. We're very lucky. But that's not what, like, most people have in their home to record in. they have their family there and their dog there and life is happening. And so you kind of have to bear with it a little bit. Yeah.
1: But it's very good. It's okay. amazing. Enjoy. Yeah.
0: Hey okay, fiends, um, we have a very special interview today. We're extremely lucky to have Caitlin's mom, Lisa Sullivan, and her aunt, Pam Rigowski, with us today. Hello, ladies. Hi. 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 Um, so we just heard Caitlin's case. So we just laid out the whole story and we just have some kind of specific questions for you. So we feel like we feel a little bit like we know more of you guys and what went on. Okay. So I guess our first one is, um, I just want to talk about Caitlin and what she was like, is like, what, what did she watch on TV? Caitlin, she used to like, um, when uh, the
3: MTV 16 and pregnant was on, I think. It was Okay. Was it? She also liked the army wives. We watched that together. She watched um, what's the, Life the lifetime movies and um, the, the lady that's pregnant has 20 kids or something like that her son that just went to jail oh the yeah Uh, yes yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) we can relate we like some reality too obviously (laughs) (laughs) those are fun and i love lifetime
3: movies oh man (laughs) we like those yeah and christmas movies me and me and my um girls caitlin and gabby we always watch christmas movies so does my sister
0: yep i like the hallmark christmas movies yep yep. you guys like those Oh, that's great! Those are super fun. So that's something you guys would do together. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's fun. I like that. And um, what kind of music did she like? She liked a
3: lot of different stuff. She liked um George Strait. She liked um Uncle
0: Cracker. Nice. She would sometimes listen to Nelly. Okay. A variety, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So she had some nice diverse music interests. Uh, did she have any hobbies i know she was into beauty and hair and makeup and stuff but did she do is there anything else she just liked doing
3: i know one time when she was going through school she wanted to be like a head start teacher or a kindergarten
0: teacher she loved kids kids loved her oh i love that she so she was one of those people that kids kind of just come to yes
3: yeah. kids loved her for some reason they always did Aww.
0: i think kids can tell yeah yeah, yeah they can they can that's really sweet and um does she have a favorite food or like snack that she liked she she really liked fruit pizza and fruit Those are good snacks people eat her apples very loudly <laughs> <laughs> they're crunchy i mean <laughs> i would get them i'm like they you eat them in your room <laughs> i totally understand that because i hate that sound and when my husband eats carrots i have to leave <laughs> Oh, I'm <nervous>. yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. So, um we listened to your interview with Crime Junkie, and you mentioned that, like, when you see that. banana laffy taffy, you think of her.
3: She loved banana flavored stuff. The, the laffy taffies,
0: <laughs> they have the tootsie pops, have the banana flavors. She oh, really? uh, loved all the banana flavored stuff. That yeah. struck me as so funny because, like, when my kids get that trick or treating, they take it out immediately. They don't want any part of it. You she know, loved it. Always liked it. Well, I like that because I don't like Leslie, you were saying too. I don't know anybody else who prefers the yellow ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So now every time I see them, I'm always going to think of her, which is yeah. such a great connection. We'll definitely,
0: every Halloween when I see that pile of them, my kids took out of their bag. We will be thinking of Caitlin. <laughs> I used to give mine to her. I was like, here you go. <laughs> she probably had a lot because people people weed them out. Yeah. yeah. I like I love specifics like that because it just makes us feel like kind of like we know her,
1: like she's our friend that we're we're looking for. So I know she liked to dye her hair a lot. Did she have a favorite color that she liked to dye her hair? Oh that's a good one. No, she just liked
2: random
3: colors. For for the most part. She just wanted to be she liked that color? different. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So she liked to stand out in a crowd.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh
0: I like that. That's cool quality. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Very nice. (laughs) All right. And um it was promising her hair um, she had some like her normal color on black she kind of looked like a skunk
1: <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> that
0: was popular mm-hmm. for it there was. was a time did she like do your hair and makeup ever or like her friends was she that that girl they came to We'd
3: help us straighten our hair because we that all got really girl. curly hair
0: and oh, me too <laughs> yeah and um she would help us straighten it
3: and stuff i let her cut my hair one time yeah you did yes how did that go a well, She was happy with
0: it. Okay, that's brave. She was younger.
3: How her hair was. Her Her hair was curly. Oh, she was mixed.
0: Oh, see, all the pictures have it so like glossy straight. She straightened it. She she did a great job.
3: (laughs) Did she does? Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Okay, I love that. So she graduated high school a year early. Would you say she always? liked academics. She was always into like being book smart and stuff.
3: She was pretty smart. And when we moved from one county to another and she was like, I'm just done.
0: She was going like, okay. graduate.
3: Like, I don't care. Long as you graduate, on time, early, late,
0: whatever. That's a lot of work. Was she like constantly doing school work? Not really. It came kind of easy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have to. I would imagine if I was doing two grades at once, I'd be working all the time. <laughs> yeah. Her last year she worked. She did 11th and 12th grade in one year
3: and she wow. worked at Wawa, which is a convenience store. I don't know if you know what that is. We have Wawa's. We have <laughs> a Wawa. Yeah. Nights yeah. and she worked sometimes second shift, sometimes
1: whenever. in the sometimes
3: and whenever. Yeah. Wow. She worked there. just going
0: to full school, full time. It worked. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we love Wawa. So we're here for that. So. Graduating early is a huge accomplishment, but like, were her friends disappointed she didn't spend the extra year with them? Because I
3: think so, because a lot of her friends, um, she still kept in touch with.
0: So you'd say she was good at staying in touch with her people, even if there wasn't like a mandatory reason.
3: Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great quality.
0: Pam, you, you and Caitlin were, are super close too. Yes. You have a very close relationship, I love that. Close family is great. Um, is there any, do you have any stories or anything you want to add about her? Any personal stuff that's fun? That's with her being ditzy sometimes. Like she'd call and
3: ask about like how to make things or
0: and just stuff
3: like that. She didn't know what to do with certain things. And so I would help her. she she call you and
0: ask like, what do I do next?
3: Yes. She was a yes. true blonde. Yeah. Sometimes she and just some didn't blind. know. Like she was making something in a bowl was too small. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, get a bigger bowl, Caitlin. That kind of thing that's really funny <laughs> one day at the house we had not problems. moved the kitchen around and she couldn't find the microwave and it was exactly. sitting right there i did
2: it
0: that's <laughs> definitely something i would do <laughs> for sure <laughs> i get it that's all right uh so in most cases with missing women and this is something leslie and i have talked about a lot authorities always assume that they've just run away they always this- say that
3: She'll come back. Just leave it alone. They'll come back. Don't. They said she was being a dumb teenager and give her, they'll give her two weeks. And she'll yep. Don't do any interviews. Don't do Cancel any. Cancel the searches. Don't do interviews or nothing. She'll be right back. Yeah. Cancel the searches? Yeah, that's what they said. The first big search we canceled because we trusted them. And now yeah. we knew it was wrong, but we had to, the only ones we trusted. So, and it was wrong. But it was completely wrong. We didn't know because this we've never gone through this before. The they, they're experts. They should know. They told us to do it. I was like, well, "That's what they said. Let's try it." So we can't oh, police, effort. huh? Police told you to do that? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! But the first detective that was on the case was doing the police. Canceled it. Yes. Oh, she's a dumb teenager. We can't keep her in the spotlight. If we keep her name out there, she's never going to show her face. If, if you, you let, let it die down and don't do all, don't do this and don't do that, and she'll come back. Yeah. I kept telling them right. she's not like her this is not her we can't do this yeah. she would never yes.
0: run they wouldn't blame me oh. that is shocking because you are her family obviously you know what she would and would not do right they didn't listen to us no we and were this not is, whatsoever and is this the spotsylvania police department yes. okay oh see other coverage of this case will say that like oh yeah they started right away and everything was fine but they did not they did not they make it seem like it but they really didn't we've run into that in a bunch of other cases that we oh. tell they it, and it's only women and girls
3: yeah we've we've heard a lot about that you see a lot of that yep. on tv on the, the what on what the, the um like the discovery channel with oh. all the different missing people shows you mm-hmm.
0: hear alone of- that's a nightmare and- so she doesn't have
3: as much rights because she hasn't been. We don't know for a fact that she's been murdered; that she's only missing. So that's not a big deal. If she's, we know for a fact she's been murdered. Yeah. We've heard that numerous times, haven't we? Uh, yeah.
0: Authorities said that to you. I'm sorry. I'm appalled. That's awful. Been told. We, that. Yeah.
3: Lisa's also been told, don't, don't call us. We will call you if we have any news.
0: That's your child. Yeah. Of course, you were calling. Exactly. Yes. That's appalling. It's really funny how other retellings of this do not include that. It's always like, oh yeah, they were on it. And like, um, even on, say, the Facebook boards and stuff, a lot of people are like, please don't come at the police because they did everything the best that they could. They're great. No, they haven't. <laughs>
3: well, we're six and a half years in. And we're yeah. at the <laughs> same- <clears> throat> throat> we were when she first went missing. That day, as we are today, There's has yes. nothing... Changed nothing. nothing. Nothing has changed. So oh, you tell me is, what happened. That what? is I'm not gonna we can give them tips so people say something to us, hey, we may have seen her. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. We feel in our gut it's not mm-hmm. her. We've given them our own tips about different people that have said he have saw her, things about Snapchat and everything, and they didn't investigate any of them. Nope. We they were the feeling her Snapchat. We were the ones that opened it up and found out who had it. They didn't. After multiple, multiple times, we told them someone had it. Yeah, They didn't investigate it. We found it. We did it ourselves. Wait, what happened on her Snapchat? Someone had come to find out. We didn't know who it was, but someone was posting on her Snapchat every now and then. But every time we told the detectives that nothing was ever done. So the last time it happened, Gabby, Caitlin's sister, actually went and um, found out herself that it was actually sold. Someone bought it (gasps) and had the same password because it had her sister's name in it. Gabby had had her name in the password. Yeah, her and we password, password was Gabby. It. Now we own. Now we have the Snapchat because- Oh, well, thank of, God. We did our was own there, work
0: Good for you. That's awesome. Did you find anything on her Snap account that was useful to you? I mean, I know Snap disappears so fast. But even if we gave it to them, they probably wouldn't
3: have done anything anyway.
0: <laughs> but there was nothing on it. So is there anything else that you guys did on your end that we may not know about? Because I mean, I've read all of the the things I've read are formal, they're on TV, they're on the internet. They're-
3: Not over the years.
0: Is there <laughs> anything you want to- Yeah. About? Yeah. We've held a lot of events
3: ourselves. We've actually got um, tips on the events that we've held ourselves that we've been investigated because they were not investigated by anyone else. Really? What did you investigate? um there was like through the tip that she was found in um that someone saw her in kentucky and all this other stuff like there was another one that she was cited in utah we didn't go to utah but we tried our best to investigate it right there was skeletal remains that was found in georgia that, that i i called and talked to the medical examiner on that about. it was not caitlin but she sent right. all this information yeah. to get that sorted out to see if it was caitlin oh, or not. Saw- just stuff like that that we yeah. do on our own yeah we searched where her luggage was found we searched the stepdad's surrounding where he lives at um we've, there's
0: numerous and numerous stuff that we've done before. wow 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 i mean i i i'm not surprised that you guys have the tenacity to go and do that on your own at all what i'm surprised about is that like nobody else is doing it or helping you that's wild <laughs> When we do the balloon releases and stuff for Caitlin, the police department's never showed up. They've
3: I'm never invited them. any of it. We've done it by ourselves without their problem. And I've invited them. I used to invite them, but I don't invite them anymore because they don't show up. Oh,
1: I don't blame you. Hey, fiends. Leslie here. This next part of the interview gets a little bit more choppy. So I wanted to just fill you in because it was going to be a little hard to hear. Lisa goes on to tell us that she is going back to school to become a private investigator so that she can really take things into her own hands. She will learn what she can and can't do and can actually become a better help to find Caitlin and even other families that need support in missing person cases, which we just thought this part was really awesome, uh, especially that, you know, she could be a support system for families that might not be getting it from. The, like local police departments or the FBI. This is also where we start bragging about how awesome all of our fiends are. That's you guys, and we tell her that you will share and donate when and where you can. So you know, don't make us look like fools. Just kidding. Lisa tells us about how the crime solvers and the Aware Foundation, which are both private organizations, have helped them in ways that the police have not. Which we just found bonkers. But anyway, the Crime Solvers donated up to $2,500 in a reward to anyone who comes forward with solid information on the whereabouts of Caitlyn. And then the Aware Foundation put up a billboard that has Caitlyn's missing photo and a number of where to call with any information. Um, We will have all of that, uh, like the exact number and everything like that at the end of this episode. Lisa tells us that they put this billboard up on the same route that Lisa's ex-husband and Caitlin's stepdad, who is James Branton. Uh, it's the same route that he takes to work. And the AWARE Foundation and Lisa and her family hope that if James saw this billboard every day, it would push him to be more helpful with the case, either by confessing something or literally just helping at all. Uh, you know, we got really frustrated with this in the episode. But instead, all the billboards seemed to do was push him into an early retirement at the age of 42, which is also bonkers to me. Anyway, so now we're about to get back into the interview and this is where we're going to talk a bit more about James. So thank you. Enjoy.
0: Obviously, we're talking about your ex-husband, he yes. and Gabby's stepfather, James Branton. Yes. Right, so I want to ask a couple of like specifics about him as a person too, because I think that that helps us to know who is this guy? Like, what is he capable of? You know what I mean? What What is he like as a human? Is he like a nice guy? He doesn't seem to have a lot of other connections in this world, like friends or hobbies or anything. He's a,
3: he's a loner. He's, um, he's a homebody. He doesn't do anything besides play video games. He plays like video games? Yeah. He doesn't really have any friends either. Huh. He has two <laughs> friends that he went to high school with and he's only got one now, which I don't know if he's still friends with. I'm pretty sure he is, though. <laughs> Just
0: and, his one mom, friend. and his mom. So, um, this is a man that has one friend and his mom. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Does he, are these like online video games? Does he talk to people online a lot? It was like World
3: of Warcraft. I don't know what he plays now, but that's what he used to play.
0: That's interesting because then he would have been, I mean, he would have had probably online people he was playing. Leslie, I don't know much about this. Isn't that an online forum? Yeah. Just interesting. There could be people out in the world that have spoken to him that way. Never know. Never thought of that before. So that's good. Everything's worth looking at, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because
3: he might have an online friend he talks to every day that might know something.
0: He might, he might have someone that he games with. And cause you can talk through, <laughs> I know anything with an online server, they all have like ways that you talk to each other, whether it's like via headset or a chat. Yeah. Well, don't
3: they also have different names? It's not their real names either, right? So they're not gonna know he's James right. Frank also. No, yeah,
0: they, they wouldn't know it was him. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's very interesting. That's
3: gonna be we talk to the FBI
0: Yeah, <laughs> I hope it helps. <laughs> it's something it's I've something. never thought of. I haven't either, yeah,
3: so that's, that's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, some people that seem to be loners like that, the only way they can communicate is through the internet because they don't have to make a person to person connection, you know, it's like easier. Never thought of that before. Yeah. Never thought of that. So would you classify him as like a paranoid person?
3: No, not paranoid. paranoid. I'd say
0: narcissistic. Yeah. I run into that a lot. He thinks he has to have the last word. Yes. The reason I ask is because I wonder is, does he have a documented distrust of authority? Like the cops are always going to get him. He doesn't.
3: Not that I know of. I mean, he might now. He might now. <laughs> but so. I know before his dad and I, and I guess him too was being investigated by the FBI for pornography. <laughs> but they said that it back in 2002, before we got together, I guess they never brought charges. As, apparently it was somebody that was using his IP address.
0: Mm. Oh boy. And everything he used was encrypted, right? Yes. Yeah. He, than, yeah.
3: He's, he's, a, a, he's a computer science guy. You remember when the Androids first came out when they, they slid up and had the keyboard? We yeah. had them. And um, when he first got it. He put his own operating system on it. He thought he fried it. He thought he had to get a new one. Hmm. Whoops. He, <laughs> did. he didn't fry it he put his own operating system on it. Yeah, I used to tether with it before it was a thing. Yeah, we used to
0: tether with it before it was a thing. What's tether? <coughs> to the
3: computer. Inside. Like tether to the computer and stuff like that.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I'm terrible with technology. He put his own operating system on. Did he say mm-hmm. why he did that? That's not a common thing. He just knew how. Yep, he knew how. So he just wanted to because he could? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's how he is. If he, that's how he is, yeah. Interesting. Because a lot of people use them for privacy.
3: That wouldn't surprise me.
0: That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is and he doesn't somebody like anybody that do anything with Apple products. He only likes Androids. Yeah, that's a privacy thing, right, Leslie? You were saying that.
1: Yeah, the you can mess around with the um, like non Apple products a lot easier. Make them your own. Keep people out of stuff that you don't want them finding. You can do whatever you want to Android.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah see I think that's interesting that's that need for privacy to me is like well why do you need that much privacy
3: I don't know I never thought of that before
0: Nope. to me and this is long after the fact me me looking with fresh eyes on this whole thing as a whole that's kind of a red flag if you're a guy that's like I can't have anyone see any of my stuff ever what's your stuff
3: hang on once yeah that is true just text it to me or something I'm gonna write this stuff down (laughs) so uh, (laughs) yeah You said his father was investigated for child
0: pornography? And his dad, because he had the same name. Oh. No. Different middle names. Okay. Did they find anything?
3: No, they didn't. You never. They never got arrested. Nothing's on their criminal background or anything. They said that, um, someone was using, I don't remember what state it was, uh, using his IP address.
0: Okay. All right. Hmm. That's interesting but, to me, because... But if that
3: kind of stuff? Maybe he made that IP address go to that fast house. Could be, because if
0: he's 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 very tech savvy, so I wonder if he could have done that back then. I, I don't, I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past someone who had that kind of technology right. knowledge. So
1: that's something I can ask the FBI. Sure, if they
3: follow through,
0: one yeah. can hope.
1: Um, I wanted to ask about his mom. So, you said that he was very close to her. Now, um, how was your relationship with her? And was Caitlin ever close to her?
3: Me and her relationship was not very good because when me and James were married, he actually made her leave and picked me over her because she was crazy. Mm. Oh, boy. He has um, bipolar, and I believe and his, and her mom has schizophrenia. So, he has something.
1: Okay, so that would be our other question then, because you had mentioned in previous interviews that there was like before you guys got a divorce, there was that bout of like his anger and he was depressed and it wasn't going well. And then, um, you know, got to the point where you had had enough. And then um, and then there was a year where he just kind of got better. Did he get some help or um, or did it just kind of did he just snap out of this phase?
3: It seemed like he got better. We weren't living together. We weren't together anymore. So when he we seen him, it seemed like he was better. He could have hit it very well. My perspective, he mm-hmm. didn't see him every day, right? So mm-hmm. she, he may not have gotten better, but since they weren't together every day, he didn't have to show it. If that makes okay. sense. Okay.
1: Yeah, that does. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, so as far as you know, he was never formally diagnosed with um, either bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia, like his mom and grandmother were.
3: Right. We did go try to go to marriage counseling and he only went like two or three times and he's like, I'm done. i got what I needed.
0: Mm. So <laughs> Good not for you. <laughs> you, not a big uh, mental health advocate then. Yeah. And you said he was depressed and angry. How was he? We only, towards the end of
3: our relationship, we only seen the, me and the girls only seen him like an hour or two a week, maybe and he made those hour or two or day or whatever it was rough. Whenever we knew he was getting up, I would we would end up leaving. Mm. Wow, because we didn't want to deal with it. It was rough.
0: So he was like like fussing with you and, bustling well, and yelling. At he was fussing and yelling at us all the time.
3: We could never do anything uh. right. And his mom really did like Caitlin. She was a favorite over Gabby because she did not like Gabby at all. Oh, but um, but his mom's crazy. But Yeah, but she used to make up things about Gabby. That was not true. To try to get her in trouble. Like, she would say Gabby would eat two lunches at school. Like, Gabby, she said Gabby would walk all the way home, get money, and walk back to school to have two lunches. And that's not possible in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, it was stuff like that that you knew that did not make sense. In second grade. And and a road trip, it takes you about 15, 20 minutes to get to school. You know, it would be stuff like that that you knew it didn't make sense. But to her, it did yeah. And like, that is not possible. How could she eat that much and then still have to walk and everything else? It was ridiculous. Being a second grade, walking from the elementary school to home and back, it takes about 20 minutes ish, 15 to drive. Yeah. to drive to get there,
0: not alone
1: walking. Wow. What an so,
0: odd thing. Point
3: of view. It was delusional.
1: Right. Well, that would make sense if she had a bipolar disorder. That would that kind of behavior would make sense. Now,
0: you have mentioned in previous interviews that she lived in a home that James owns or owned. He recently just sold that house over the last couple of months. Oh.
3: He owned three houses. The one me and him lived in together, the one in Partlow by Pam's house, and the one that his he inherited from his dad
0: um behind Spotsylvania Mall. So does where his mother lives or lived, was that close to where he was primarily living?
3: Not really, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, that's the one that his mother lived in was the one that Lisa, James, and the girls lived in. Yeah. Oh. That house he sold. Hmm. So now she's in the one behind the spot's venue mall. Behind mall. <sighs> so she that's moved where in? Where her luggage is found.
0: Oh, so he owns a property that's close, not okay. Yeah. And that's where the mom is living now? Yes. Okay. So then my next question is, they have only searched, the police that is, have only searched one property of his for evidence, yes? Yes, the one he actually lives in. Okay. And there are two
1: more.
3: There was two more. Now there's one more because he sold the other one.
1: Huh. But the one, the one that he still owns, you're saying that that was close- to where the luggage was found. Yes. That was supposedly had runners in it.
3: Yeah, that supposedly had runners at the time. But within the past year or so, we realized the house never had runners in it, and it was vacant the whole time. <gasps> and he had some kind of renovations onto the basement, because the basement used to have a... A dirt floor. A dirt floor.
1: Okay, so now <laughs> I guess... I guess now... At first, I under... I did understand why maybe the police could not have gone over there, but now I don't know why they couldn't get a warrant to go over there.
3: That's what we thought too.
1: Yes. We were the ones that told them about it. They didn't even know.
3: Yeah. We found this out ourselves.
0: Oh my God. He had a dirt floor basement that he recently had renovated in this property.
3: Yes. yes. Cause someone sent it to us. Yes. But this but do- house must have been rented the whole time. Come to find out. It was up for rent like the day before she went missing, and it was taken down like the day after she went missing. It was something like that. But the house never had renters in it. It was supposedly vacant the whole time. It never had renters. The
0: cops never, no. they yeah. never,
3: but no. Apparently they took just someone's word on it. We don't know for sure. That's we what we're yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. But it was never looked into. No. And even after we give this information, they seem interested. But we don't know for sure if they really looked into it or not. Right.
0: I know in the state of New Jersey, I'm not totally familiar with Virginia law that a search warrant, in order to get one, you need an affidavit that states that there is probable cause to right. search the property, but it's the property, not the owner. Right. So technically, both other properties can be searched.
3: But they only searched his current residence. That's the residence that Lisa took Caitlin to that morning she went missing. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you have any reason to believe there would be anything of value in those other two properties? Maybe, because I know the one that he sold, he did do a lot of um, renovations renovations
3: to that house where he sold it. Hmm. And backyard, in the fenced-in backyard, in the middle of it, it's got a big old stupid looking planting thing there with flowers like and stuff a garden kind of looking thing flower garden thing
0: hmm It
3: didn't used to be there no
0: is this basement concrete now yes i the, believe it's the, property, one on, yeah. the one on salem
3: salem drive is yes is concrete that was space. the one that was
0: dirt yep okay that's just what i was wondering what the renovation was because you know concrete is a little more permanent and that's different again it's so interesting that nobody no authorities find any of this information suspect. They haven't. Yeah. If they do, we don't know because they didn't say anything.
3: Right. Like,
0: hmm. Did any of his neighbors ever come forward with any kind of information? Did he have neighbors? I know it's pretty rural out there. The one, the one he sold had a lot of neighbors, and
3: they always thought um, that Maggie, which is his mom, is very crazy. Okay. And the other one he lives in, they keep an eye on him. They said because um. It gets they the last time we um we heard about the neighbors they said that he doesn't go anywhere he goes um goes out places weird times at night like 11 or 12 o'clock at night there's nothing open but gas stations even Walmart's not open that time of night anymore where are you going you don't work anymore he's only out like during the night hours like weird weird night hours, hours maybe he's scared someone's gonna recognize him maybe
0: I'm sure honestly I'm sure that plays into it yeah. Did any of them hear anything or report seeing Caitlin like that morning when you dropped her off? Did any neighbors have anything to offer? They didn't know. No, the only thing that they did is said that they
3: did watch the, when they um, did the search warrant and everything. They were all watching. Yeah. They were all watching. They were all outside watching.
0: I would have, too. Yeah, I don't blame them.
3: <laughs> but that's the only thing we know. They did say that he's weird. He doesn't talk to nobody. Um, he'll ride right by them. He doesn't. He's not friendly with anybody. He doesn't wave. You know, like if they see anybody, stuff like right. that. Have you heard of the um, oh, uh, True Crime Daily? Yes, I'm going something something
0: like that. You know yeah. they did an interview with Caitlin, right? They did an interview with who? Crime Watch Daily. Yes. Did you watch it? I may have. I watched a lot of them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he actually, James, James tried to actually run them over, on his the, the camera, the, crew, the camera yeah. crew over to get out of his yard.
0: Oh, I did not see that. I will, though, after we speak. <laughs> yes. Because I told him, I gave him plenty of time. I said, if
3: you don't come forward and talk to them about where Caitlin is, I'm going to give everybody your name, your face. I'll give them everything you, they want of you. And he said, that's going to ruin me. And Lisa's like, well, that's
0: that your, your choice. choice. Like, he didn't put up Kay- Caitlin's missing poster. He, his Facebook page doesn't have any information about her going missing. He, had, he never engaged in your search no. at
3: all. He did friend me on Facebook for about three or four days and I was looking at it and then he unfriended me. So he was probably looking for something, but that's fine. Well, what do you have to hide, you know? Okay. Yeah, I don't care. Wow. But when he first went missing. He didn't attend to any of the
0: searches. He didn't attend to any of it. He knew when they
3: were, I told him. He didn't, he didn't come to any of it.
0: And the according to like police records, he also did not try to contact Caitlin at all after she went missing. Right. Yep. Because you guys were like texting and calling, but he didn't yeah. do any of that.
3: We were told there were pages upon pages of us giving out her phone number to have people call her and, and text her. He's the only one that never called or texted to, to, text her to see how, where she was or what she was doing.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, when you don't need to. Exactly. Right. That is. Because
3: we come from a really big family and we told everybody. Good. Everybody, her phone number. We have lots and lots of family. And everyone one of them were trying to call her. And they're her friends. Her friends are friends. Everybody was trying to call her. They had pages or pages of people trying to call her, text her. Where are you,
0: Caitlin? Yep. I-, I wanted to ask also about her friends. Uh-huh. So she was at a, like a gathering with friends the night before she disappeared. Yes. Yeah. One, it seems like it took the police kind of a while to talk to them. Yeah. And two, um, do you know these friends? Yes, yes,
3: we do.
0: Like, do you like them? Are they trustworthy? Are they good friends? Yeah. yeah, I mean,
3: Charlie, she still um supports in trying to find Caitlin and
0: shares her missing flyers. She's come to events and everything. Awesome, that's what so, we like to hear. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so as far as you know, these people have volunteered any kind of information they have about Caitlin, and they've been very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I know that in one of the last text messages that she sent you, she said she was with a friend.
3: Yeah, but I don't know whose friend that would be. Yeah, but I don't think the text messages came
0: from her. Okay. Yeah. Two of them back to back. She doesn't do that. And it's not the cadence of her texts, you said. That's right. right. Okay. Interesting. Cause I, that's what I was wondering. One, I, I had read that, that you said you, they were from her phone, but that doesn't necessarily mean she, her thumbs were typing it. Right. I just wondered if, um, there was any more on whoever this friend. Like, who's this friend? Who are you with then? You know.
3: No. Nope. Okay. I think he cloned her phone,
0: and that's why his
3: phone was pinging up from Partlow Towers and hers wasn't. I think he cloned her phone and took her phone and left his
0: at home. Yeah, because if his he doesn't have his phone isn't super glued to his head, it could be at his house and he's not.
3: And he can have multiple. Oh. He he usually has multiple phones laying
0: around. Oh, really? He can make it so <laughs> he can clone Caitlin's phone and whatever. You know what I mean? That is a paranoid person to me. Why do you need so many phones? I mean, he always had a spare. Okay. that's mm-hmm. an expensive backup.
3: They were all usually little cheapy ones. So he yeah. had little cheap Android ones you can get like on Amazon. Yeah, just hundred and twenty dollars. He'd buy a lot from Amazon or eBay. Yeah,
0: that's also interesting. Wonder what those records look like. Yep. Hmm. Honestly, uh, yeah, I-
3: three phones at that time, because I don't, I don't think you just had one. And mm-hmm. when. The- came and they did their search warrants he asked the police department if he could have the um hard drive. the hard drive off the computer <laughs> no <laughs> And that. another thing is he's never asked for his stuff back all these
0: phones in his computers
3: he doesn't want them back never asked for them back he asked for them once because they said something hey you never asked for your stuff back and then his mom called and asked for his stuff back but he's never really wanted it back. No. Well, even when they took his vehicles to search, he went out and bought another one. They told him they were going to have for a couple days, but he went out and bought another one. He uh, bought green. another car? Yeah. Right after, Right after. yeah, because he needed something to drive because they took his.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, couple so days. To get it back,
3: he went and bought another one.
1: Yeah, that sounds just like it, just speculating here, but it, it feels like uh, unhinged behavior in a sense, just if they're, is something more going on well my thing
3: with- is with dna and everything we know for a fact caitlin was dropped off from his house that morning we know that caitlin she twirls her finger here around her finger and she pulls it out she's always done oh. that a little baby she's done it her whole life yeah okay she's had so, bald spots and she's yes at one time at- my thing is she does that so much she had ball spots she doesn't have as many now when she went missing But she still would pull her hair out. She'd wrap her hair around her finger and pull it out. She's always done that. We know for a fact Caitlin was there. We don't know if she ever got in a vehicle, uh, you know, or whatever, but we know she was in the house. Yes. So why, when they did this search on the house, December 31st of 2015, why was there no kind of DNA whatsoever of her being there? Yeah. He cleaned up.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Where was her hair?
3: Yes, there was no little no, no no piece anywhere. of hair anywhere. Yeah, it would we'll be then, in the car. He doesn't really clean, clean. So in order for her, the house to be that clean, I think his mom cleaned it. Yes. Because that's how his mom cleans. Okay. So Caitlin, that day, his mom knows exactly what happened to her. Yep. Okay, that's so, interesting. To me, that's suspect. For her DNA, her hair not to be, be in that house, to me, that's suspect. That he cleaned up and covered it up. He knows exactly what happened to her.
0: That's wild. Also, that's information that isn't included anywhere. They just say, oh, we didn't find any DNA. Not like
3: They didn't find anything. His cars, his house, his bed sheets, nothing. Nothing. Their DNA was not found there at all.
0: That's funny because that's just the phraseology of that. Oh, they didn't find any DNA. They don't go yeah. into like, no, they didn't find any, anything. You
3: know, that's just, just what they tell us and keep could be themselves. That, that could be it. Cause they know I'm a blabber mouth told people.
0: It's your information. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. That's suspect. If you did nothing, then where's her DNA at? Right. You don't clean
2: that well.
3: So right. why is,
0: where's that? Yeah, no, right. you're absolutely right. I mean, there would be a fingerprint, a hair, a skin cell, a smudge, a fiber from her clothes, something, something would be there.
1: Right. Huh. Okay. Well, that's really good information. That is really good information. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to ask, since we were talking about um, a couple of like text messages before, we wanted to ask about some clarifications on uh, some timestamps on text messages. So Holly, I know you have that in front of you.
0: Yeah, I just, different sources have things kind of ordered slightly differently. And I mm-hmm. just wanted to get from you the timeline of your text messages and the text messages that um, Caitlin's fiance Amber had received. Also in oh. Amber, we were very confused for a minute. <laughs> um, Amber's time in Arizona is like three
3: hours different than ours.
1: Oh. That's right. That's right. That'll do it. Yeah, it's a three-hour difference, right? Yeah. So did you hear from Caitlin
0: first, quote unquote Caitlin, whoever had Caitlin's phone, or did Amber hear from her first? Amber. Amber. Okay. That's kind of what we needed to know. So she heard from Amber heard from her, and then Amber immediately contacted you because it was a strange right. thing to have happen. He says something's going on with with the Caitlin's flight, and Lisa was like, "There's not. There's. She's only got one ticket. What's wrong with the flight? Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, she only had one way ticket home. And the airport could tell you if that flight had been delayed or canceled. I assume they.
3: And I had called that day. I, I'm Pam. I called that day. She didn't get on that flight. She didn't make it to the airport. We paged her. We had called the airline. She wasn't at the metro. She wasn't nowhere.
0: Nope. Okay. And the flight left on time, you said? Yes. Okay, so not even that. Oh, I mean, obviously, this is, none of this is true. But it's nobody from the... Change
3: ticket. Either try to delay it, was- it for another day or anything. No change, try, Nobody tried to change it or nothing. Nobody tried to cash it back out to get money. Nothing. And her
0: cell phone pinged not there anyway, right? No. The furthest it... Went down that way was like Stafford, right? Stafford courthouse, yep. Still ways away. It's still about okay. four miles away, I think. Yeah. It's why somewhere. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And then the last time you heard from her, any of her devices, was like seven o'clock that night. Yes. Fifteen, oh, yes. yeah. Okay.
3: And that was her last ping was seven fifteen Stafford
0: courthouse. So after that, all communication off. Yes. One other clarification I wanted is, um, I think this was on Disappeared. They say that the, she was communicating with Amber via Facebook Messenger, not actual text message. Is that this? Yes. Okay. Did they confirm it was via her phone? Because that can be anywhere.
3: We don't know. We don't know.
0: Okay. Let me write that down. Because that's also interesting. I mean, you can sign on to any computer in anywhere or anyone else's phone. I could go onto Leslie's phone right now and get onto my Facebook and message you. Well, her password was like
3: some type of her and Amber's initials with their anniversary date or something like that. So that was like, it was at one time. I don't know if it yeah. still was or what, but it was at one time. I don't remember if it was the last password, but at one point that was the password.
0: So not like Fort Knox to crack. Right. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that she used a different messaging system to get in touch with Amber. Also, Leslie and I through our our, our investigation discovered that Facebook Messenger is an encrypted messaging app.
3: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I didn't either.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, but apparently it is. I was using Kick too? Yeah. I was going to ask you that too. That's the app that she was using that the police cannot trace. Kick. Yes.
3: Okay. We used kick at my house when we were living in Caroline County, because sometimes our we would just wouldn't have cell service and that stuff like that, so messages. that would send better messages. So we would use kick at the time.
0: That is also interesting, because it only has ever reported that Caitlin also used encrypted messaging apps to talk to people, not why.
3: Right. That's one of the reasons why she used, we had kick at the time. I don't know who else she talked to, but we did have kick you know, Yeah, we all did, because we yes. all communicated together. Right.
1: Okay. So that's not necessarily out of the norm, then, for her to be messaging that way. You know, me, Gabby, and Pam, we use Facebook Messenger all the time to message each other. Okay.
0: Oh, so do I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way it's reported some places, it makes it sound like she was doing something secretive, but the way you're talking about it, it wasn't I at all. I don't what? think she was.
3: I mean, Caitlin could be a little secretive about things, and some naive, but I don't think it naive, was anything
2: yeah.
3: like that. But Caitlin, she... She could never hide things very well. No. So it's and just, she was a crier. She cried about everything. Yeah, she cried about everything. She, she
0: always has. If she was upset, you know. Yeah, you would know. Oh, and before she disappeared, there were no indications that she no. was unhappy. No, no nope. none. You would know with her how she is. And she and Amber were happy together?
3: out. They they didn't seem unhappy. And there was this thing on there that like Maybe she told James that she cheated on her and that's why she didn't come back. Or, you know, she I mean, I don't think I think James did the messages and I think yeah. he picked that one of the number thing, one things that people fight about it's either money or cheating, and that's what he picked. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, and James knows that Caitlin has cheated on people before and Amber before, so it's not out of it's the more ordinary for him to say something like that. But think oh. about it. money is what most people fight
1: about yeah for sure be far faster for him to make up something right so we're under the impression that caitlin did cheat on amber the night before but did that not actually happen
3: it could have it could have but upset and be like oh i don't want to go home it's Mm -hmm. happened before and even if she didn't go home she knew she could stay here with us yeah she always knew that
0: okay i think it's interesting that there's a history of of, of cheatings because that again it makes it seem like this was this big event and then she was like it had never happened before and it was awful that's right right and it's not that's not true
3: Huh. But regardless caitlin knew she could always come home
0: yeah so
3: yeah. for her to go missing it'd be going, and be like this it was it's out of her normal yeah. so she wasn't going to go back with amber she knew a hundred percent she could have stayed home with us she knew that
2: okay.
3: gabby having landon we thought she was going to actually end up coming home because of And him. doing, finishing her hair here. We think mm-hmm. she would have went back and stayed for a month or two and then wanted to come back to see Landon and see him grow up.
1: Okay. So my, my other question then would be, um, just because it seems like we are getting kind of different, um, uh, storylines yeah. from some of these other podcasts and, and just the media, I would say. So when you dropped Caitlin off that morning and, and James was going to take her to the airport in other tellings, it was like she was excited to see him and she couldn't wait. And that was going to be a great like, you know, they hadn't talked in a while. She hadn't seen him in a while. But do you remember how she actually felt going over there? She was fine about it. She was excited. OK, OK. And it seemed like, like I said before,
3: it seemed like he had changed and they, we weren't arguing with him anymore. And he gave her money and birthdays and stuff like that. He still talked to the girls. Yeah. OK. Even though he wasn't their dad, he still talked to them. So mm-hmm. she was excited to see them. He still went to their school recitals and everything. Yeah. Okay. Him and Lisa split up. Yeah, he still did. He, if I didn't have money for groceries or the electric bill, whatever, he helped pay for. Wow. Huh. So, because if I needed money, I called him. Okay. That's what he told me to do. If I ever needed anything, call call him. Oh, absolutely. That's what I did. You need help, get help. That's how it goes. And to, no problems of going with him. Okay. Huh. Because Pam's husband was the one that was supposed to take him her to the airport. But oh. he had every time at work because he's working at a factory. Mm. So the only person I could think of at the time was James. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to the DC area?
0: Only a few times. My husband lived there for a while in DC. You know so the front, right. Yeah, it's very I- congested. <laughs> that's why I'm gonna help me take her down there and pick her up. I'm not good. In I don't blame you. And, he, and you said you like the Springfield mall was not like not a hangout for her. No, I know. We didn't, know that mall we that didn't existed. even know it existed. Never
3: heard it before. until uh-huh. then. Until she- so why would she want to go to a mall that she's never heard of and used a metro that she's never used before? by herself. It Doesn't make sense.
0: Especially if she was a person prone to like kind of needing guidance through new experiences. Like you said, if she had a mistake when she was cooking, she had to call you.
3: Yeah. There was no way she could have done it by herself and James knew
2: that.
0: Yes. The last time she rode a train, we were in DC and
3: James was like five. Five or six years right. old or so. And she called it the boogie woogie juju train. <laughs> How would she being that little to go to be nineteen and be able to navigate the metro system? There's With no way bags across the, all those things, yeah, all all those bags across the traffic, everything. Yeah.
0: There's no way. Yeah. I mean the subway confuses me. This is the first um time she's traveled by herself by herself oh that's the
1: first time she's ever traveled by herself yes mm. also interesting right so in that case it would be even more pertinent that she just gets straight to the airport i would yes. feel that way as a as a parent just get my child right to the airport even if they were going to be there early yep yeah he said he had to be at work at three o'clock i said that's
3: fine long as she gets there i don't care if she gets there early long as she gets on her flight let okay. me know when you get there. Let me know when she get, gets through security. Let me know when she gets on the plane. Let me know when you get there. You want to know all the steps till she got on the plane. Yep.
1: Right. But then as we know, the police like went through all the footage to see where his car was in that area and they couldn't find his car anywhere they, there. So not they not aren't his, even sure that right. he actually drove her there. They, you know, his car wasn't there, he
3: wasn't there and she wasn't there. Right. Yep. yep. They just, they said, they don't even think she made it out of Spotspane County that's what they
1: told us. yeah I know I'm starting to feel that way now too
0: there are several like if you just do a blanket google search of Caitlin's name in her case there are several hits that come up that say oh recent reports say that they discover she was at the mall no they didn't there's also been things that saying that she's been found alive
3: or dead yeah but when they found out that they never saw her stuff on this the mall security cameras, we weren't allowed to tell nobody. They wanted to keep that secret. Most of it, the stuff that, that we've talked to you about has supposed to be kept secret. So just mm-hmm. about every That didn't come out but the cameras and stuff like that, I think until the disappeared show? Yeah. That's wow. when the, actually people called us liars. We we, yes. we couldn't say anything, but people were calling us liars, but we weren't allowed to say anything. Wow. Yes. Well the police said, but well, the police were wrong. The police were wrong. Well no oh you're lying. They said they found them at the mall. No, they
0: didn't. Well, that's what they said. They did not. Huh. Yeah, I, there are so, there's a lot of conflict, conflicting yeah. information about that out there. So that's why I wanted to ask you. Um, okay. So we're going to have to wrap up in a couple minutes. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say, um, first, is there anything else that you want to get out into the world that we haven't talked about that you feel is important?
3: Anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. we come
0: up with new discoveries we need to talk about, though. Great. <laughs> that's wonderful. And um, how our audience, like I said, is all helpers. How how can we help? Keep her name out there, her face out there. Share everything you have on her.
3: Great. That's what's going to help the most. And we do have Facebook
0: pages for Caitlin. Yes. We
3: have yes. two of them.
0: I, I am on them both and I will put links to them in, and I'll, I'll actually make sure I get you guys invited to our Facebook group because we have one. Yes, definitely. And- um, we'll get, we'll, we'll have tons of pictures and stuff out and, oh, and if there's any pictures of Caitlin that you like that are not like circulated out in the world, just send them to me and I'll put them in Hi. our photo suite. Sounds good. I oh, will. Awesome. Um, so yeah, if you have a GoFundMe, if you have a foundation, if you have anything else, make sure you send that to us and we will provide the links in our show notes and all of our social media for all of our fiends so that they can, um, do whatever <laughs> they can to help you.
3: Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank so much. you so
0: much. Thank you guys for for talking to us today. And uh, yeah, we look forward to getting your info out there.
3: Awesome, thank you so much.
0: Take care, bye. Bye. Bye.
1: All right, a lot of things to consider. Many things we'll probably talk about in Host
0: Mortem. So many things to talk about in Host Mortem. And on our Facebook board, if you want to have a chat, um, Lisa's in there. And I think we tried to get Pam in there. I hope we got her.
1: I Yeah, I I don't know. Pam, if you you can join our Facebook group, please do that. I had a hard time.
0: For some reason, we had an issue with inviting people. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have questions, I'm sure Lisa would be happy to talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, of the utmost respect, please. We are going to be very respectful. Yes. You guys always are. I I don't necessarily
1: have to say that, but you know, I have to say that. Mm -hmm. And what were those Facebook pages?
0: Yeah. So if you want to join the Facebook group, they are Find Caitlin Akins and Find Caitlin. Her name is spelled K-A-T-E-L-I-N-A-K-E-N-S. Also, I mentioned the Spotsylvania Crime Solvers. It is Solvers is offering a $2,500 U.S. reward for any information which leads to the discovery of Caitlin Aikens. So if you have any additional information, please call the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office at 540-582-7115. And um, we will be helping raise funds to help Caitlin's case in any way we can. Leslie and I talked about perhaps Tossing the money we get from our runaway shirts to the tally of her reward. Whatever we can do, we're going to do it. Right. So, toast? Toast. I'm going to first toast Caitlin, obviously. To Caitlin. To Caitlin. And next to Lisa and Pam. Thank you guys yes. so much for that interview and for everything you've done. God, we're just, we're always thinking about you. And um, we'll be thinking of Caitlin whenever we see a banana Laffy Daffy. Yes. Cheers, ladies. Oh, and to Caitlin's sister, Gabby, and um, Landon. And Landon. Cheers, guys. All right. I know that was a lot, but thanks for sticking with us through all of it. And I can't really sign off with a we would be dead in reference to Caitlin here because we really don't know right now that she is. She could very well be out there alive, and I sincerely hope she is listening to this, and I sincerely hope she contacts her family. Caitlin, if you are out there, please contact your loved ones. But I will say that if we, personally, went radio silent for more than two days, we would be
1: dead. Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Would Be Dead Pod, And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more. If you
0: have any additional information, please call the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office at 540-582-7115.